Welcome, welcome on in. How are we all doing today? Welcome on in to the 6 out of 10. Not bad podcast. My name, as always, is Tiny Pixels, and this week I'm actually joined by one of the loveliest human beings on the planet. I've been waiting to get this guy on for, like, so freaking long. It's not even funny. Um, I also, also, Sam, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? I don't see what you're talking about. Ah, guys, can I please get a, a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> welcome to our, our recurring host and my, my wonderful friend, uh, the lovely Squamazer, but also the wonderful Dreadheaded. How you doing, darling? Hi. Uh, I'm doing well. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Very well. Yeah. <laughs> good, 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 good. So, how have we been this week? How have we all yes, found the week? Me. We're all uh, really uh, tired this week. I don't know what it is. It's like someone's put a straw into the side of my my neck and just gone and taken all the energy out. <laughs> like, I, I can't describe it in any other way. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah, no, I've I've had a very like lazy week up until like the end of it, and yeah, yeah, I just feel exhausted. Oh. I swear it's it's probably like not doing anything though, right? That makes you even more tired. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's one of those. So, Ed, tell us a little bit about you. What is it you do? Um, where where can people find you? All that kind of deal. Um, um, can I also really quickly also say hello to the wonderful wonderful Kitch Twenty Two? We tried desperately to try to get an accurate representation on the cameras of you. Uh, I don't know if. That word. Just stop eating the yeah. quiche. Quiche 22. Quiche 22. We tried. <laughs> we tried really hard. I got so far. And in the end, it didn't <laughs> even matter. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Ed, tell us, tell us a little bit about you, darling. Um, tell us a little uh, bit about what it is that you do and where people can find you. Um, so, hi. I'm Dreadhead Ed, if you don't know me. Um, Twitch.tv forward slash Dreadhead Ed. Uh, I play all sorts of games, although mostly one game interspersed with other games in reality, um, which is Seven Days to Die, where I build really weird things and I live out my dreams of actually building a house one day uh, in front of people. people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, in the, in the last time we did, we I built a house all out on my own, somewhere nice and quiet, and now everyone's fucking moved in. They thought it all looked nice, and they've all built houses next to me. Streamer house. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's what you right? get, right? Yeah. For building something. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, welcome to Variety Streaming, where we go, hey, we're going to play something different all the freaking time, and all I've played for the last <laughs> two weeks is The Witcher in Darkest Dungeon. Uh, well, isn't that the way though? Like it's the, but I think that's a good thing in the long run because I think you get into games. Like there's always going to be one of those games. I think it's really difficult to be a variety streamer who literally is real, like play something different every couple of days and like really have the same drive for all of yeah. it. I think you it's know? nice to have a comfort game to come back yeah. to and just, yeah. 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 Like I'm not sure what to play tonight. Oh, screw it. We'll just, switch on seven days to die and have a chill one or like you know whatever it is but yeah oh and yeah that too so <laughs> oh god right. so and suppose we should talk about what we actually do and go horrendously out of focus that was Ooh. lovely yeah was marvelous um so <laughs> the what we do here uh if you don't already know is we go through the week's gaming news take out all the vaguely interesting bits and cast aside all the really boring horrible bits 
as you know, we focus on some horrible bits too. But hey, um, Wait, and then we promote come... good, healthy discussion. No, maybe, no. maybe not. <laughs> memes, maybe, and there's but... memes in there somewhere, and that's about it, really. Okay. And then we also go into like a more sort of in-depth discussion around something a bit more juicy. Um, and then basically at the end we go go follow our guests because the reason the guests is because they're the good peoples. Um, but that's that's kind of the whole gist of it. Yeah, uh, so good. yeah, a little bit of news, a little bit of game recommendations, a little bit of this person is wonderful. Go follow the shit out of them. Jobs are good. Jobs are good. Talking about good job, well done. <laughs> Excellent. Don't you start. Don't you start. That was, that was a really like top quality segue, I've got to say. Wait. I... Anyway. <laughs> I, do you want to do your shit segue? Is that what you want, Sam? <laughs> I'm really upset that you didn't play a soldier, so I could say I've begot you in your in my sights. But like, you know. Uh, so this, this is our first story. Um, is about a Twitch stream stream arena. Uh, under the name of Rudism, who is who does really wonderful, cool stuff. yeah, he's a really cool really, dude. Really stuff. Uh, so he makes like anything, anything and everything, literally, yeah, into a controller for the game. Uh, so this time around, he's made a, he's made a baguette into a gun for using Widowmaker in uh, Overwatch. Weird. So uh, what, the one thing I've been led to believe about Overwatch, I should preface this with the fact that I literally know nothing about Overwatch, but it's thought that Widowmaker is French, right? Yes. Yes. So, so that's why it's a baguette? Yes. Right? So the casual racism controller. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it if safe, it makes you feel any better, <laughs> we, also, we also had the, the um, stereotypical nude kind of deal where uh, he turned uh, Doritos soaked in Mountain Dew. Into a controller. Yes, I saw, I've seen so, that one, and he kept breaking them. <laughs> well, at one point, he ate one and had to quickly replace it. Going, well, that's, um, what, that's what really made me happy about this is at one point, he's he just, just like, ah. Um, yep. <laughs> takes a chunk out the side of it. It's <laughs> absolutely, yeah. It's, this is wonderful. Like the games I mean, that he does where he uses a blender to play. Yeah, um, exactly. I saw him I play PUBG. PUBG, yeah. Yeah, PUBG was a blender. Yeah. I just generally I think he like you know, you want to talk about interesting things that people are doing on Twitch. That is up there with yeah. one of the like yeah. and it, it brings to be together everything that Twitch is about, I think as well. You've got like the creative element of it. You've got mm -hmm. the gaming element of it. You've got the community aspect of it. It just brings together everything that Twitch is about. So Yes. And I think it helps. He just seems to be a super nice dude as well. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. He's just like, yeah, hey, how you doing? You know, and that's that's just the, the, the holy trinity of goodness. I've never seen somebody so excited about a blender <laughs> in my life as this guy who was like, look, in look what we're using today. Like he's genuinely in enthusiastic about Arduino, uh, uh, sort of Arduino boards and, and what he does. And you know what? And that, that That's the thing. It's There's a big community around that. And I, I have no doubt that he must be quite a sort of big member of that. I mean, it's a really cool field. Like, I want to learn more about it because you can do some cool shit with those oh, things. Arduino, Arduino stuff is amazing. <laughs> there's so much you can do with it. Like, it's unreal. But yeah, it's, it's nice to see because we always say, and, and a lot of new streamers are like, how do I get noticed? And you always say, well, the thing that separates you from the next person in, the, in that game directory is, is you. 
You're mm -hmm. all playing. So, you know, I've been playing a lot of Witcher 3. Okay, so there's 16 people, say, playing the Witcher 3. How do you make you different? Yeah. And this is most definitely, he's he's got such an incredible skill set because not only is he a, a really talented gamer, but, you know, he, he understands the ins and outs of just just all of this technology regarding sort of Arduino boards yeah. and, and building these controllers. And it's insane. It's absolutely And insane. he's used it to make something really like fun and mm. different, which yeah. is cool. And it's, 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 always, it's, it's always admiring seeing people who do that. Like they have this like way of seeing something that no one else has seen before. It's it's hmm. it's always really quite impressive, I think. Yeah, no, it's it, and it's good to see these people being highlighted for it as well. It's, yeah, it's I mean, good to see Twitch being like, "Hey, this dude is neat. Go and look at what he's doing. Think about what neat stuff you guys could do and go and push that." Tweet him out once or twice about yeah. a couple of different as well. So like you know the actual platform itself going. Look, this is cool shit that you can do on our platform. This is the stuff that we want to promote on this platform. Yeah. So, you know, that that is hopefully inspiring as well to new content creators to kind of think a little out of the box and do some stuff, you know, not do exactly what he's doing. But because find their kind of their niche that they can push forward. And again, if you're passionate about something, it's often very scary to put it in front of a of an audience. I mean, mm -hmm. you look at you look at my content over the last week. Like we did, we did poll, for example, and like I was terrified. Like I was actually wetting myself. I didn't sleep for the two days before that cast because I'm like, holy shit, everybody's gonna make fun of how much I love this. It's not gonna come across properly. But so actually, I think... Twitch is a great platform for yeah, putting your passions that's, forward. That's what and I was gonna this, say. Yeah, seeing people I think like this got... is great. I think that. One of the great things about Twitch is that you can just be yourself and the chances are that there are people out there who will relate to that. Um, and I think like you can do like you could do your passion and there will be people. Like, I think that's one of the awesome things that Twitch has allowed. It, it, it allows people who have these interests to find each other. Yeah, for sure. And you yeah, know, I'm learning yeah. new things about all of it every day. I mean, I had no idea that you could hook up Arduino boards to half the, the shit that he does. <laughs> yeah. Like, because, you know, you go into somewhere like Maplin's and you look at an Arduino board and you look at the kits and you're like, oh, yeah, there's some lights there and there's some bits and pieces. No, this guy is like, hey, you can hook up bananas to this thing. Yep. And you can Don't get, them. you can get, like, tactile from, from, you know, tactile switches from bananas. Like, you can do that. <laughs> And that's amazing. Like I'm learning stuff all the time from these people who Keep are pushing. Keep your electronic components. No, Enough of that. No, 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 no. Bananas are the way forward. Clear. <laughs> no, it's, maybe it's that, good to see. It's good to see maybe people that's pushing the secret. Maybe that's the secret. Maybe with my next microphone, we need to like implement a banana switch or but, something yeah. like that. Banana slash maybe that's what, depending yeah. on where you are. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe make it customized to where in the world we can find some racist stereotype to use for every country in the world. <laughs> it doesn't have to be racist. It can be against large groups of people like monkeys or or, or like or, or like uh, gamers. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be race. <laughs> Like it can be species, that's true. or it can be yeah, interest. That's true. Like it doesn't like it <laughs> just general stereotypes. <laughs> also, tactile bananas. Yes, it's a Paul. That is the most amazing band name in the world, and that is going to be my new band. 
I, I don't know why I'm imagining it being like a like a really hard metal band mm-hmm. with lots of screaming. I don't I don't know why. I just that that's what comes into my head when I think Tactile Banana. Just, just straight up. You know, <laughs> I'm excited. Solid. You guys, you guys, yeah, wait for the EP. It's gonna be great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she says, with no talent ever. Uh, Look, uh I'm I'm not even gonna go there. No, nope. I, I no. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Moving on to people who do have. What's it? No, that's not. Do a, yeah, yeah. Do a shit oh. one. Go on. Uh, yeah. Well, no. Moving on to people that have talent as well, but now they're only gonna have half as much talent. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, well, I don't know. Okay, studio <laughs> co-founder um, is leaving Arcane Studios. And uh, it's kind of going to go and spend some time doing family bits and pieces and sort of thinking about the future, etc. Um, I don't know what to think about this because like, they've had a bit of a good run. Um, Maybe that's I, it. Maybe he's just thought, we've had a good run. I can't keep doing this forever. I've made a nice amount of money. I'm just going to take some time out and spend with my family. Because I'd imagine... Being the head of a development company like this that's been pushing out games the way they have, I can't imagine yeah. you have much. Like, I imagine lots of late nights, lots of weekends of working and stuff like that. I could totally see that being like a thing you want to do. And I'm presuming he's been very well paid as well. So, like, he probably doesn't, you know, necessarily need to. Mm. Yeah, there's, a, um, there's a really nice quote. I say nice. There's a, um, a quote in Indie Game, the movie, where um, Edmund McMillan, who makes uh, things like Isaac and Meat Boy, um, he talks about sort of the later stages of development and the fact that for a long while, all his wife ever saw was the back of his head. Mm. And I... Yeah. You hear, you hear stories like that a lot across the development community, and it's very nice to see somebody... Um, instead of moving from one studio to another or just saying, hey, you know, whatever, it's nice to see somebody come forward and as sad as it is that they, they're leaving, you know, for, for whatever, um, it's nice to see them say, hey, I'm going to go spend some time with my family. And let's be 100% honest about this. This doesn't say he's like, he's retiring from gaming production right, for good. Right. Like, you know, he'll probably like spend a year like not doing anything and then get super bored and like, you know, <laughs> want to get back into it. Yeah, and and like it kind of goes in 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 almost every field. In every field that you're like super busy in. I mean, even with streaming and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, there's so much time that you spend, like, so focused on different bits and pieces that, like, you know, you're constantly jumping from like one bit of project to another and trying to build something up over here and whatever else. And you kind of realize, like, I haven't seen like my other half. Like, yeah. I haven't. Day. I haven't seen Steve for longer than five minutes today yet. Um, because yeah. I went to I went to bed at six a.m., so he was getting up at half six. So you know we we haven't really seen each other today, and that's just because my my Friday Saturday is super busy. You see it everywhere, mm. and I think taking the time out to be like, hey, let's you know, let's and, and let's do some sort of legacy as well. Do now. we do we know what he actually? I mean, this like active hands-on involvement he had in games out of interest because it's possible that this won't affect the games coming out of our uh, arcane studios anyway like it could be that he's left enough of a legacy that you know 
that whole process? Because I can't imagine if you're like CEO of a big development like company like that, you actually have that much opportunity to be hands-on developing games, right? Hmm. Presumably there's so much other stuff you've got to do and... I would imagine it was he was probably more in like a directiony sort of role, yeah. you know, kind of let's go down this path rather than a sort of here I'm going to make a tree now sort of level. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, games, I, sorry. Uh, sorry. I, have, um, uh, I have a friend who does uh, 3D modeling, and the other day I'm like, oh, so what did you do today? And he's like, I made rocks. <laughs> <laughs> It was wonderful. I think he's the creator of Dishonored. Do you want to see some rocks? I'm gonna actually have a look. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll see some rocks. And he gets, he gets really excited about that kind of thing. And I imagine that if this, if this person comes from a development background and has moved up, perhaps it might be nice to take a step back and work back up again. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, nice. that, it's refueling as much as anything I would imagine as well. Like, you, you know, you sometimes you just get depleted and you need mm. time to you know, but, melt hours and, and whatever else and then come back to stuff fully refreshed you know yeah and it does seem like he was very instrumental in the original Dishonored's development it's not entirely clear from what I'm reading what right. he did but he's listed as co-creator so <laughs> it's um it's nice to see that caliber of oh my microphone has done the thing again um it's nice to see that that caliber of game though come out mm. and somebody have that much respect that when they go to step down people go hey that's sad like hey, how cool you is that well. right you've got to know you've done a really good job if yeah. like the community we, i mean we were discussing this before that even like ceos of big developers are not immune to the sort of hate and abuse that gets thrown around and like i'm not saying like it's totally unfounded a lot of them have done things that rightly has drawn the ire of people. I think any like actual sort of straight up ad hominem abuse is wrong, but I think it works both ways, doesn't it? And like leaving enough of a legacy that literally is a, like <laughs> you, you decide to retire and the whole gaming yeah. community is like, oh, Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's, precisely. That's yeah, that's I mean, got to even, feel pretty good. Even over something that might only be a break. Ooh. Yeah, like, but the the thing is as well, like he, they, they, they've had a good run as well. I mean, you know, Dishonored yeah. Two and Prey, both but, yeah. have done really damn well. I haven't actually Prey, played Prey, but I've heard amazing things. About oh it. yeah, it's it's yeah yeah, and they're well rounded out and. Like they they have their kind of glitches as you know they they kind of do and bits and pieces but not horrifically so not game breakingly so they probably had a couple very early on that were very quickly fixed but like I also you know, did they, hear that apparently you can speed run prey in like seven minutes or something like that something stupid like that the formula <laughs> the the formula sort of suggests that yeah you you can do what you want with her and that that's kind of neat it, yeah it, it, yeah that's that's kind of neat. But like it's Fallout Four, you can near enough go straight to the end mission if you wanted to. It's not quite seven minutes, but you know and that's. Oh, I just always find it kind of amusing when these games that are super long, you can beat in like literally a matter of minutes. It's so weird as yeah. well. A lot of the ways. Grim Fandango, like, you can do in like two minutes, I think now. Really? Yes. There's a glitch. That <laughs> I'm gonna takes have to watch that <laughs> from Manny's office, like straight to the very end. Um, <laughs> that's amazing like to the, you that know the game. train station at the end yeah you yeah. end up yeah. there so you know um, the, the one that, that 
the one not always that game gets took me, me so long the first time I played it as well. That game like probably took me twelve hours to finish the first time I played it. Yeah, it took me three years the first time I played <laughs> it. Even, um, but no, the one that always gets me with speedrunning, and I always love bringing this up, uh, is um, uh, Far Cry Four. I can't say I've seen this. Far Cry Four. At the very beginning, you sit down at a dinner table with uh, the main villain. And he says, wait here, I'm going to go torture a dude. Sit down, enjoy the food. I'll be back in a little <laughs> bit, okay? So naturally, you get up and you go to find out where he's gone to torture this dude, okay? Because, you know, that's what your gaming sense tells you to do. If you sit there and enjoy the food, he comes back 15 minutes later and takes you to the end of the game. <laughs> that's amazing but that that's just that's the developers being funny i yeah. think yeah yeah that the, is the whole just idea like a... is you've gone to you've gone to scatter your mother's ashes right so he takes you to the to i've actually place. seen this scene yeah you can i didn't realize that that's what happened can go and scatter your mother's ashes and then the game finishes you done. <laughs> i'm sorry is... but like I can't believe that we're talking about speed runs now at the moment and somehow i've not managed to mention club penguin because that's oh, the God. best <laughs> you can get up of Club Penguin in about 12 seconds flat from creating oh, an account. Let's not. Let's not. Let's I not. don't even know what Club Penguin is. Don't look it up. It's not important. Don't. It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's shit Neopets is what it is. Because Neopets is like it. Neopets is the best. Club Penguin won't ever, ever come close. Mate, how about Hotel though? Um, but <laughs> let's not. Let's not. Should we, should we do a move on? Uh, I guess so. Because we're we're talking about old things, right? Well, yeah, we are. But I was going to say, going from someone that's leaving something to something that's leaving the shelves quite quickly, uh, that'll do. Uh, So the the, the new (laughs) mini Nintendo Ultra Omega Extra Edition, depending on where you're from, because it's called a bit differently uh, in the US to the UK. And the UK Uh, is the better one. Of course. What's that actually called here? Uh, best, it's the best. Mini SNES Classic Ultimate something, I think. I, really, I, mean, I don't know. So it certainly doesn't have too many names. No, nope. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's different in America to over here. So yeah. obviously they're, they're not even like anywhere yet. And they've they've all gone. They're um, not coming out, I want to say, August? Yeah. Um, and uh, everybody's, everybody's pre-ordered them already. <laughs> they're all gone. Um, and people are already reselling them. Yep, for like now. Five, That's five, just opportunities. The so. reason why, right? The mm, mm, okay. So there's a bit of a think. So the last time we had one of these consoles, oh September. There you go. The last time we had one of these consoles, there was a limited supply, and we had scalpers who would buy like twelve thousand of them. Okay. This time, we not only have that problem, but we also have the fact that the consoles are different in America and in Europe. The Mm -hmm. European ones are better than the American ones. So a lot of the American audiences who understand retro gaming are going, hey, Europe have got better ones. Let's import them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of Americans have pre-ordered European editions of them. So not uh... only have we got the scalper issue, which, you know, is, is going to be a problem for, for both sets, but we've also got the problem of the games being different 
Is it the games being different over here? Because we get Star Fox 2. Yeah, and the US doesn't. I'm I pretty think... sure. I it, It's completely escaped my brain. Again, you'll have to excuse me. I I genuinely was up working until 6am, so my brain's not uh, working. But it's something to do with the fact that, and I'm sure it is, that, that Star Fox 2 is on it. The US one has Star... Right, but does it have Star Fox 2? Because Star Fox 2... Yeah. Sort of isn't a game, really. It is, but it isn't. Oh, it has Star Fox too. Oh, then it's something else. I can't. I can't mm. think of what Steve would know. Um, Steve. <laughs> Steve. Um, yeah, Avery, you should be guesting on here, not us. We need. We need to get off. We we'll just uh, leave Steve. To... But yeah, there's a difference between the American and the 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 European one. So, uh, the Americans are getting. Um, the Americans are uh, importing it. So we how do they a... look different? Yeah, because yeah. they did. Yeah, because they did. At the time. Um, really? I'm pretty well, sure I, I never understand that. But there's obviously something I don't understand about. I just want one of the Famicom it's... ones, because the Famicom ones have little holders for the controllers on either side. I'm <laughs> just curious. I just want one of those. But no, these, like, are you guys... Um, uh, but ours looks like the Japanese Super Famicom rather than the square boxy US one. Yeah, there you go. There you Superior. go. That's, that's what it was. Uh, is that ours well, looks like the Famicom, so the US want those because they're nicer rather than the stupid boxy. US yeah, I mean, I I have to say I didn't actually realise until now that they even looked different. I literally thought they all looked like the. Well, I guess we're calling the Famicom one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the we're we're getting the Famicom version. Literally, this the, is the I. Super Famicom did, version. Sorry. I didn't even realise there was a different one. That's oh. brilliant. But the, the more important part is... We're not having any. Collectively yellow. I don't get this. Who gives a... That, okay. Who really no, cares no, about right. this? I do. I have a SNES in this house, and it is yellow, and I hate it. I hate it <laughs> it's yellow. But no part of me is it's confident just thing, enough though. to... Because you can, you, can like, you can bleach them, right? It, it's essentially you can chemical bleach them to, to make them white again. I... Like, I like that you know console. What? I don't know if but, I physically feel confident enough to do it. Thing is, but it's thing hideous because it's, it's yellow. Smoker's yellow. Like, it's literally mm. you've been smoking a hundred a day over the I, top of it. And it's I like don't know or... whether this is because of what I do for a living. So I'll just explain a little bit where I'm coming from with this. But uh, a lot of guitarists use very old guitars. It's like a thing, like, because often they're really nice and they'll be looked after for many years and they're beautiful shellac was a very common uh clear coat that they used to use on guitars of that era and the problem is after 20 years it literally it changes to like a pea yellow like <laughs> a really dehydrated pea yellow but no one cares about that they care like and actually people often like like that look but i don't know maybe that's why from my perspective I, i've never really been bothered by that it's it's just kind of the nature of I, th I think the things for, they were using for, for me it's more of a case of like a guitar you're constantly handling it and doing whatever you're doing with it and like you kind of expect it to get wear and tear this is a yeah. box that on a shelf i mean i suppose that's true and yeah. if you know you <laughs> if you look at it and it's going yellow you know you didn't look after them properly <laughs> you know you didn't show that though. whereas a guitar you're going to be using right so like it's, yeah. it's bound to get you know 
that you did something bad to make it that horrendous that you say that but also back then they just didn't really understand what would happen to these plastics oh, right, over a prolonged right, right, period right, right. of time in all fairness a, like, from, a, from a kind of mental point of view like from a from yeah. a kind of mental oh no absolutely like, you look at it and you're like it's not as nice as it used to be yeah. and i can scrub so, it all so, alight and it's not gonna be as nice and so so they never confirmed what it 100 percent is that causes them to turn yellow so that it's supposedly something to do with like the chemicals that they put in there to make the plastic flame retardant but because the console heats up it kind of does a thing to the chemicals but not all the time and sometimes it's only the top and sometimes it's only the bottom and sometimes it's both and sometimes it's neither parts of the console right and it's just pure rng but it's something to do i guess it's like different batches that were made that were just sort of different composition of this chemical in it or something i don't know yeah but no. the new one shouldn't do that is is the message to take away from that you should re retain a nice shiny white console Good. unless you put your grubby mitts all over it well, uh, after cheetos it's the thing like i'm terrified of putting a console that i bought at a boot sale for like what four quid in a bleach bath, right? I am terrified of taking it up mm. four quid. Imagine how terrified I would be for like... Oh, that's another point. Yeah, the Super Famicom and the PAL SNES carts are weird because they're, they're in halves. One half will react differently to the other half. So you have these weird two-tone cartridges. Oh, that is weird. Uh, yeah, that is odd. That's weird as well. So you're like, know. what is it that I've done? Um... You think they they get the same, you know, liquid of the plastic or whatever? You would have thought so. Yeah. Who knows? Who, who weird? Knows? But I bet you there's some just weird manufacturing reason why they were made out of something just different. Just one of the lads in the factory just pissing in the mix. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, God. That's just what it was. He was like, ah, "Fuck it, no one will know." Oh, I don't know why he's from God. the north. I'm fairly sure he wasn't from the north, considering. Oh, no. you never know. I mean out in the east but but yeah we can all be safe in the knowledge that none of us are having one um the only reason that i have one of the nes minis is because i knew somebody who worked at game who within the first half hour of the pre-orders going live not only pre-ordered one but the second they came in he put one in a corner and barred anybody from touching it yeah i can't do that this time around so I'm not getting one, and nobody I know is going to be able to get one, I don't think. And it, that's sad. And if there's anything like the NES Mini, they made about 12 of them and called it a day. Yeah. So if they're going to do the same with the SNES one as well, I mean... I, I think they're undertaking that marketing practice of always leave people wanting more. Yeah, but, but, but by such a small, by sorry, by such a huge margin that they might as well have not done it anyway. Yeah. All they've, done like, is, all they've done is upset people. Yeah, I kind of agree. All they've done is upset people. Um, I remember when the NES Mini came out, people on Twitter being like, look, we'll sell my firstborn child to have one. And then other people being like, do you know what, Nintendo? I give up. I'm done with you. I'm absolutely done with you. Your business practices are ridiculous. I'm done. I just What I've never understood is it really does sometimes feel like Nintendo are living in a different world to the rest of us. Because like some of the decisions they make literally make no sense at all. 
I think it's 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 weird. So I like it's it's an Eastern thing. Yeah, like, it's a combination of that. I think. And sales patterns and techniques and everything are completely otherworldly. Yeah, I mean that is true. They're that completely... is true. It's a very different world, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I know. I've had work, quick. unfortunately, with them. It's a like, nightmare. Try... Yeah, but like Chinese people won't buy a game uh, as a whole. Like the the Chinese public as a whole will we'll not buy a game but they will buy freemium stuff and they will watch ads to get freemium content yeah. and stuff like that so the majority of games over in china are, are freemium style games rather than purchasable games yeah we have the- like gacha and stuff right gacha <laughs> does really well over in uh, over in china and slightly less well in japan but but the same kind of market mm-hmm. um whereas over here we play three days of a gacha game and we go my god I hate grinding for enough money to be able to buy orbs. I am done mm. with this bullshit, and and away it goes. And it's why there's a, a diminishing player base for things like Fire Emblem Heroes. Yep. Because we don't understand gacha games over here. We don't like them. No. Um, but if, if they were a a tenner, you'd go, yeah, right. I'll buy it for a tenner, and then I'll have all the stuff, and I'll play my game. Hmm. That's that's just a difference in culture. Yeah. So that you know that's why Nintendo's tactics, if if you see them as that, are, are so kind of outlandish to us, is because they are they're outlandish. Like they they are not from this land, and things operate differently over there. Mm. Um, and that's kind of it. Yeah. This is yeah. That is a really good point though. Uh, game literally game said that they will deliver profits this year that are substantially below previous expense expectations the company cites continued softness in xbox and playstation business and a disappointing level of supply of nintendo switch hardware however if someone refunds postage stamp to game they get into financial problems yeah they're, i they're mean very very yeah, taking taking financial problems a game is yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got to take that with a pinch of yeah, salt. Unfortunately, having worked at game, <laughs> a lot of the practices that go on there are not nice. They're I mean, not good. I, I'll be don't... 100% honest. It does seem a little bit petulant as well, just being like, we're not making enough money because of fucking Nintendo. Put it this way, <laughs> Not right? giving us enough switches. Oh, at, one point, like, at one point, I had really? a meeting, right? We, we all went upstairs. Um, oh, yeah, there you go. You guys wanted to see a cart? The a two-tone cart. Two-tone. Oh shit! Oh wow, that's that's really odd, isn't it? <laughs> there you go. That's that's how they. I like, the, I like the blue Peter styling's that we've got going on today. This is fantastic. It's good, isn't it? Um, but well, yeah, no. Uh, here's what I had earlier. Having worked for game, being called into a meeting up above, and being told you have to sell X amount of mobile phones because the game industry is dying. Hmm. <laughs> Wow. And then we were all asked in turn, and again, this was this was you know people either come why we thought the game industry was dying, and we're like, okay, well we need to push more digital sales. Oh well, nobody buys digital things, and I'm like, okay, then we need to push more physical sales. We need to push more pre-owned because we get a decent margin on pre. Nobody buys physical games. I'm like, okay, well what do they come here to buy? Because it's not mobile <laughs> phones. Yeah, and also yeah. The figures coming out of the Steam sale, people buy fucking digital. Yep. They do. Yeah, There's definitely people, people yeah. Um, somebody in the chat wants to know what game this is. This is just a copy of Kickoff. So this is like age old FIFA. Um, yeah. this, is, this is Kickoff. 
um, because it was probably the first one that Steve put his hand on. Um, but you can actually see on it. You can actually see there yeah, with yeah, the sun you can, damage. Yeah, like, it's literally like, drawn, drawn with a biro almost. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty weird. Yeah, they don't buy digital from game. I think yeah, that's the problem, right? Yeah, they don't buy digital from game. <laughs> then that's... But I mean, like, like, you know, you can't argue that they don't buy, uh, no one buys digital because the reality is that everything is going to that digital marketplace. Yeah. If anything, I would somewhat agree with physical. Uh, yeah, right. it's a store. Yeah, it's it's, it's like Box. a GameStop. Um, so, but yeah, we so... would stock walls and walls and walls full of digital. We would bundle digital with everything we could. If there was a if there was a game that you thought somebody would like, you would attempt to sell them either the pre-owned version, if you didn't have one, then the digital version. Mm-hmm. You know, you we we got tested every every week based on how much digital we had sold. It was a thing that we were told to push. They do sell lots of digital because they sell things like Xbox credit, Xbox Live, Steam credit, PS Plus. Mm-hmm. But if the thing is right, so with those credits, they get a margin off of the credit, right? Yeah. They they sell they sell twenty quid's worth of credit, they'll get a pound back or or whatever for selling it or whatever the margin is, right? Say it's a pound, for example. If they sold it for £19.50 for £20 worth of credit, people would come and buy yep. £20 worth of credit for £19.50. No. They'd still make their 50p yep. every single time that they sold it, and people would buy a shitload more because that's perceived as getting more for less. What we, it, One of the things that we used to do was every time you sold a console, you could add on 12 months worth of like Xbox Live or PS Plus. You could sell it at three quarters of the price. So you so just sold a year's worth of digital, but you could sell it to them for cheaper because they just bought a console. You know, you yeah. could you could even yeah. up margins that way. Um, some of the naughty things that we used to do were you trade in, and I've said this before, and I because I hate it, and I hate that I used to be made to do it. You trade in £20 worth of games, you tell them, okay, you've got £15 of in-store credit and I can give you a free £5 Xbox Live or PS Plus credit. Mm-hmm. That's naughty. Yeah, that's, that's really naughty. But that's, that's the way yeah. that we were told to approach things. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of this game stuff you have to take with a very serious pinch of salt because a lot of the practices that go on at game are naughty bad. They are really yeah. naughty bad, and it's no wonder they're losing money because they don't a, promote trust. But they're, they're, a fla- they're, they're a floundering company that's getting pressure from above, that's going down, that's going down, that's going down, that's going down, because they're not p- being perceived as making enough money. So they put into cost-saving measures, and they put into money-making really tight-ass dickhead maneuvers to make extra money. But let's be 100% honest yes. about this. Let's be 100% honest about this. There is pretty much no reason for stores like Game to exist anymore. I, I mean, think, I, in a lot of areas, I I would disagree because um, the way that it works is that we are uh, we are a growing generation with video games and blah, blah blah. A lot of parents and things want their children to have video games because the kids are interested in them, but they don't know where to start. Having a physical person to stand in true, front of I you suppose. and say. This is the sort of thing that you're looking for is actually more helpful than you'd realize. Um, again, when I work maybe it game... just needs to be bundled into other stores because, frankly, like yeah. it's just not it's not a big enough market anymore because so many people want to buy digitally. I mean, that, like 
it, your favorite game's coming out tomorrow. You can either go out and get it at a game and pay extra money, or you can download it literally as soon as it comes out. Well, I, and I, like I, have it immediately. Who's gonna go to like why? What would unless you are one of those people who loves having physical copies of the game? But again, I don't think there's enough of them left. I, I would say though that typically, at least console wise, digital is usually the same price or more. So it usually pays to get a physical copy, which makes no sense no, at all, no, and no. it's just stupid and something that really Microsoft and Sony need to just fix. Yep, but it's basically because they levy against the developer, yeah. whatever else, you know. Oh yeah, no. Uh, I yeah. mean, I've heard a lot more that I didn't realize some of the stuff that happens with console games before, um, because like I. So invested in Seven Days to Die and it released on console and it's been a bit of an absolute shitstorm and they've been updating it. Like, you know, I I learned about the fact that like all updates have to be verified and cost like several thousand dollars to actually push out on all of the platforms and stuff like that, which is why releasing an alpha game on console is just stupid. (laughs) Yeah, it just does. It's madness. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is actual madness. Yeah. yeah, um, but yeah, like it, 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 there's a lot of hurdles there. But as far as like the game blaming Nintendo for not giving them enough, stock, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's they, kind they, of a cop out, isn't it? They they never do any any console, any game, anything that they ever launch. They they always have limited stock because they build like especially with the consoles, they build super unique stuff that have super unique components and super unique. Yeah, yeah. it's always going to be short supply. You should know yeah. this in advance. Fucking... You should know this by now because the console market is so huge now and mm-hmm. they're, they're always going to struggle. And if if they're not, then they're probably way too confident, like, to yeah. be honest. Because this is the other thing. They've got to manage their supply line. They're not going to spend millions of dollars extra having this massive supply that's just going to sit on shelves. No, They want people waiting lists. To build up a stock or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, we should we should probably roll on. Um, so, <laughs> to, so, so from Nintendo, who are a bit mad, to something that's actually batshit fucking insane. This this story hurts me. Like this story, my heart is me. Yeah, I read this before because obviously you sent me that thing, and I, I was just like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this story?" Even the maddest thing I've ever read. So. Basically, the FBI uh, had such a dim view of D&D in like the 80s and 90s that they thought that well, a couple of things. The company that, that did D&D at the time, TSR, uh, before they got bought up by uh, Wizards of the Coast, they thought TSR was some kind of mad front to uh, export cocaine over state borders. And they also thought that because they're like... Uh, like a, a bit weird and a bit niche and whatever else that they were like linked to the Unabomber or that he might have been a and d player and they should infiltrate so, D&D people. So to on the surface, like if you just glance at this story and you're like, the Unabomber might have played D&D, it looks like maybe a reasonable avenue of investigation, right? Like, like, like article. Were you kidding? <laughs> they already but young. if you actually like read 
any of it. It's like actually just craziness. Because when I first saw the headline, I was like, okay, what is this? This could actually sort of make sense, but it just doesn't <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, it's, um, it's just bizarre. Absolutely. And again, this as, as a as a D player who's working on like a, a new kind of five E homebrewy doodad right now. So like I'm elbows deep in mechanics right now. Um how much coke? God I wish. wish. I might actually be able to stay awake through my stat blocks <laughs> then. I I'm having to deal with we're having to deal with at the moment um thirty-five different stat blocks for just one map. And if I had coke to help that would be marvellous. We'd get it done so much bloody quicker. But I just, I don't. I, I, I understand the paranoia in that kind of, in that kind of time frame. Like, I get it. But really? I mean, the thing, yeah, I mean, it is crazy. The one thing I would say to all of this is as uh, an organisation tasked with, like, actually tracking down someone like the Unabomber, it's, after 17 years, I mean, there's got to be a, a load of pressure on you. Right? Like, just imagine the thought yeah. of someone sending bombs to people that was doing it for 17 years and had just never been caught. It's, it's actually, it's yeah. kind of crazy in itself that it could have gone on for that long. But. It also uh, shows that no, literally it seems to have drive, driven the FBI to actual insanity. <laughs> yeah. But like, basically, they they uh, investigated um, the guy that was um, was he the co-founder or the head of TSR? Uh, I was a co-creator of D and D, um, and they described him as eccentric and fright frightening, potentially armed, and a known member of the Libertarian Party. So therefore, he must have been like arse deep. I'm not funny right anybody who can come up with the sort of stuff that D, D deals with is gonna be a little bit like Im Im yeah. imaginative <laughs> that's kind of part of the thing but like have they ever been to a D, &D game like have they ever been no, a lot clearly not <laughs> <laughs> Cle like, like very clearly not except to play D, D with their friends they're definitely taking large packages of cocaine across I mean, state borders this is the weirdest thing i think about all of this it's like they spent loads of time investigating this but they clearly never actually looked at like a D, &D game or anything like that. that's what i find the weirdest about this it's like it's like they made a decision and then went. It's, it's almost like a confirmation bias, right? Where they mm -hmm. pre-made a decision about something and then just followed it down to something that made it look like it might be a possibility. Yeah, it just it baffles me. To put it into perspective, so we don't we we weren't playing D and D, but last night uh, during a role play game that that myself and a few other broadcasters were playing. Um, I broke my leg, we blew up a factory, and one of the characters almost died, right? And we were like, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> like my heart didn't stop for the entire game. Because a fake character almost died. <laughs> a fake <laughs> character broke her leg. And my heart wouldn't stop. Can you imagine me with actual <laughs> drugs? Do you reckon? Do you reckon you'd be able to handle the pressure of a manhunt from the police? I, I think. I think. You'd... Like, 
like, I just, it, it, it's super apparent. It's super apparent. I'm sorry about spoilers. At least I didn't say who it was. At least I didn't say who it was or what happened. But, um, like, it, it just, uh, they clearly didn't look at these people who get excited over stuff that doesn't actually happen. And who's, who's, so they Field think rolling the dice is a bizarre symbolism for deciding their next target or something. It's like, oh, you know, you've rolled it's an 18 plus five. That's uh, <laughs> Times Square that we're sending the next parcel to. Like, I mean, I the, one, the one thing I am thinking here as well is that, it, I mean, around this time and just generally for the entirety of its existence, the FBI has been involved in some weird stuff, like just in general, like mm -hmm. a lot of the declassified stuff. You literally it's like and I guess they're paid to be like this. It's like the FBI is just the Federal Bureau of Paranoia. That, I mean, that would probably be like a better name for it. But right. They kind of have to be right. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess they do. But I mean, some of it is really crazy. Like. Actually, just it, 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 it it's like any normal person wouldn't think like that is actually like a real thing. An it's, even potential possibility. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I swear, FBI in the 80s and 90s is like having a small speaker attached to the side of Donald Trump's feral animal brain and just broadcasting his bizarre... <laughs> concerns and paranoias about the world because that's what it feels like it's the same kind of mindset of just like i don't understand it therefore it must be evil and be like stricken from the record like it's a very similar kind of vibe like, do you not think so maybe yeah 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 i'm just i'm just thinking like when you look at all all the sort of old um old scripture of oh well uh, everybody who who plays D and D is a Satanist. Everybody mm. who's who 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 plays D and D are doing these sort of uh, Satan worshiping ritual, and you shouldn't allow your children to play D and D because not only does it detach them from reality, but it attaches them to the devil and all this kind of thing. And it's kind of but, interesting to see how much shit there was. But like, I can almost see that because in that game you're worshiping fake deities which is something that's specifically railed against in the Bible. So you can kind of, like, don't get me wrong, I, I'm not like, oh, that's fair enough. No, 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 like, no, no, there no, is no, a no. lot of conservative people who you can understand where that view potentially comes from, from an yeah, outside perspective. Yeah, it's very difficult to understand D&D from the outside. That's the other thing to remember. Like, like you know, you could imagine a super conservative, like, parent coming into, like, their kids like bedroom and they're sat around a table with a load of people playing D&D &D and them just being like, what is going on? Is he trying to contact the devil or something? But like yeah, your kids like... are making stories. That's <laughs> yeah. cool as shit. Yeah, that's the right? thing. Like it is in reality, but. And like, I, I just, I, like I, I've never, I've never understood this, that if you stop and listen, even for a second, these people have not only... Uh, they've they've not only made their own characters and they're acting as said characters, which is a skill in itself, right? Mm. But they're making up these stories and they're making these social connections that are outside of who they are normally. And that's yeah. amazing, especially for kids to be doing. 
Like that's yeah. that's insane. But... And and it's it's yeah, like it's social skills almost as well. Like because you know, like speaking as someone that like suffers from like anxiety and stuff like that, and finding difficulty in talking to people, it's literally teaching you how to act with other people. So yeah. you can do things because when you go out and try to like put a face on things, you're acting like a person that can do these things. <laughs> yeah. It's social exactly. skills. Not not only that, look at the, the mathematical side of it. You know, leaving leaving things like probability for a side for a second. If you've got to deal with stat blocks, if you've got to deal with roles, if you've got to deal with um advantage, disadvantage, if you've got to roll with um um oh my brain's just died. Uh, the homies. What? Roll with the homies? Yeah, that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally, my brain's not switched on today and every part of me is like, just open up your character sheets and look at what the shit is. <laughs> like, Nestle, don't but worry anymore. For example, like my glaive, I roll my strength and I roll plus three and I roll plus one on, on various different rolls. Like I've got to do all this maths on the fly because my sheet doesn't do it for me. And yeah. that's really, that, that really helps. That's and it, it keeps your brain you. alive and kicking and processing right. and whatever else. In like you know, like uh, was it fucking Professor? No, not Professor Layton. Uh, Kawa 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 does brain training. The brain training right, thing. Yes, on the, oh yeah, the one that ta oh, Tassimo Bot does. Tassimo Bot? That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tassimo's a coffee like, maker. Hang on. Um, no, whatever it was. Professor Doodly Doo <laughs> yeah, brain training. Yeah, yeah, I know. The one um, that they sell in Poundland for like three pence now. Yeah, but like that, you know, the, the, the little arithmetic things and whatever else. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being called out in chat for, for the fact that Tassimo is a, is a coffee maker and I'm just like, but you know fine. what I mean. Dr. Kawashima, he's not a professor. <laughs> Nespresso brain training. <laughs> Brain training I need today. Uh, I like that latte. Um, <laughs> I hate you. But, but yeah, like stuff like that, you know, like the arithmetic that keeps your brain kind of limber right. and like, thinking about things and ticking over and whatever else. Like that's the same sort of thing. It's, you can describe that across to the way that um, that D and D working out all the little roles and the different bits and pieces that you have to do. It's a similar sort of thing. Right. So, uh, right. Can we can we move on quickly <laughs> from this yeah, struggle? Should we move on? Should we move on to the fact? I mean, I don't think chat can see this, but you seem to be like surrounded by energy drinks. Well, oh, I am. I've just yeah. noticed. Oh, like, yeah, literally, no, it's, like it's like that's a religion. How I, that's how I managed to converse to this level. Can you imagine how bad I'd be without? I can see at least four cans of what yeah, appear to be monster. Really honest, kind of <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I need today. <laughs> and that would be my Nespresso brain training today. Like, I'm gonna start picking things out in your background in a minute, Ed. Oh yeah, that my bed's not say, made. Don't, don't don't look at <laughs> don't don't look at mine. You can't see anything yeah, that we'll I haven't see. unpacked this room yet. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Yes. Uh, so speaking of unpacking, <laughs> did you oh. do that on purpose, Pip? I swear you did. Um. So Star Wars Battlefront Two. Um. So we've kind of seen a bit of reveal about that at E3, and then I mean, gone, oh, can I just actually, preface this? But who's surprised by this, really? Oh, I'm not surprised in the slightest. <laughs> but they're going to add more of these fucking crate things in, where you know you open them up and you get buffs and skins. Oh, and hey, look at Overwatch. 
Yeah, it's just yeah. Because and we finally know. understand where they're going to make their money from. There's yeah. not going to be DLC, but you'll be able to buy as many of these boxes uh-huh. as you want for real money, won't you? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really uh, tempted to ban Jenning oh, right now. In God, chat. Yeah, like, oh, that sounds uh, like a great idea. <laughs> we didn't need you here in the first place, Gunning Rage. You, you, you're, you're <laughs> I make all the dad jokes here, Sunshine. Like my, uh, that's my favorite kind of Twitch chat, right there. Yeah, dad jokes, man. Yeah. Bring me all the dad jokes, um, oh, but. Boy. And then this is bad, and this is well, it's not bad, but it's it's just annoying, and it's just tedious, you know. And add it into in, into COD to for like all of these sort of extra boosts and helmets that last for so long and toss like that. You've always had the battle packs in Battlefield, and like you've got them in Battlefield One, so you can get a a a skin for your gun that because it's World War One related stuff actually looks about as attractive as a puckered anus because they're all just like these really shabby horrible skins and whatever else and there's kind of a step further than this so not just battlefront 2 but also ubisoft are being extra scummy with their crates for the division where they were like no 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 crates in the division. Now that, that would no, be crap. no, 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 no. Now, now, now. You have to get this right because it wasn't no crates. It was no microtransactions. Oh, no, well, yes, no microtransactions at, at all. No, except for the ones we're going to put in for the crates. Um, I mean, I, I'll be honest. What I think is really horrible about this, and unfortunately, the cons- we as the consumer in general have full responsibility for this really because we accept it but we have built the situation where this is an acceptable thing i think because people actually buy them i've never bought no i know i haven't either but someone does and it makes someone like the problem is the problem is that now all these developers have this dlc budgeted in although now we're not selling any dlc it's all going to be free we still have this black hole in our finances that we're going to have to fill somehow so i mean which they don't have at all pips looking at concerns is part of the problem what when you when you're looking concerned did you buy card packs because i wouldn't say they're quite great right so i bought overwatch crates and i will tell you for why okay so <laughs> there's no forgiving you. We're, we're done. Friendship's over. Overwatch crates. Um, I bought because uh, all my friends were playing the um, the events, and I was working really hard at the time, and I didn't get the same chance to play. But I wanted the skins that were were going for the events because you know when I'm not working hard, I do like to play some Overwatch. Um, I didn't have the time to play the event, and once the event was over, I was never going to be able to get those skins. And that is a uh, fundamental I'm... problem, and I should not... I wholly admit I should not have bought those because I'm I mean, then telling Blizzard it's perfectly okay for me not to be able to buy the event skins. But this is the whole problem in a nutshell, I think, is that like they make these situations where they're not forcing people, obviously. They're not no. holding a gun to anyone's head, but they're like making it so if you're not, you're just... Like this player who doesn't have anything. Right. And- like if you're not spending money on the game or like grinding the absolute ever loving shit out of it. And like 
And, it, you know, it bleeds into everything because, like, uh, this is going to sound like it's totally non-related, but just as an example, uh, this game that's coming out, Ubisoft are making, that is based on the Black Flag pirate engine, uh, uh, the, the sailing engine, I can't remember. Yeah, it's something like that. You know, I think everyone in their right mind has been thinking, what I really want is someone to take that and spin that into a really cool single-player pirate game. Yep, what they did is spin it into a multiplayer pirate game where they're blatantly going to have loads of DLC and microtransactions and people aren't going to have to just play it once and then there's going to be no replay value. And the whole industry, like the games are all multiplayer based. Like single player games are basically dead now um, because there's no way to extra monetize them. And it's like with... We are being pushed into this situation as well. And I think you can cry all day that, oh, well, it's not a problem because it's vanity-only items, right? But when you have a human... Con- they're playing essentially on the human condition where, again, like I, I play a, a fair bit of Overwatch when I can. I play a fair bit of Hots when I can, okay? So I go into a game <laughs> and so-and-so is like, hey, I've got X skin. You don't. No, nah, no. Nah. I'm like, well, shit. I don't have that skin. That fucking mm-hmm. sucks. I guess I'll try and get... And I know that that makes me a, a, a weak human being. I, I, like, I, I know it does. And I shouldn't buy these crates. But there's a lot of social pressure behind vanity items. And I think, potentially, that's as bad as selling in-game... Perhaps not... Yeah, no, I think that's as bad as selling actual in-game items that would power you up or do whatever. I think it's as bad. Because we do, we go into these games, these multiplayer games, and I mean, like, I I play a lot of D.Va, for example. I don't have the new D.Va skin. So when people are like, oh, do you have the new D.Va skin? I have to sit there and go, actually, no. But let's be brutally honest about this. Um... I, I genuinely think when it comes to games like Overwatch as an example, but there's, there's so many of them and I don't want to single out Overwatch. I just can't think of many right now. The whole design process from the beginning starts from how can we make the most money from someone? It's not how can we make the best game? It's literally, like I genuinely feel like a lot of these games start off from the basis of how do we make the most money. And that right there, I think, is the inherent issue. Because yep. it could be as nice, play as nicely as it likes and whatever. You haven't had someone be there, like, from the beginning, like, I want to make the best game possible, which is why, like, you know, I think indie games are where the real heart of the gaming industry is right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I can think of so many indie games where it's just not like that at all. And it, it, it makes me wonder what the actual future of AAA game developers really is. Because, yes, you are going to have lots of people playing Battlefront and stuff like that. But there's also going to be a lot of people who are put off massively by all of these things. But some are so, sort of such behemoths that it almost doesn't matter. Like, you'll yeah, buy them anyway. It's true. It's one of those behemoths. It's a Blizzard game. Yeah. They're so huge. You're going to play it anyway. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, so so what, what? Skull and Bones, right? I guarantee. Right, what what do you think is going? It's going to be either keys for premium treasure chests, or it's going to yeah. be some premium cannons that you can. Start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some, there's going to be some form of yeah, some form of ship or, outfitting, or, or even like uh, it was in For Honor, 
which should be pointed out is another Horrific. Ubisoft game where you yeah. can basically just buy everything. If you pay money, you can literally just buy your way and to the, the end of the game. And the devs will tell you that. The <laughs> devs outwardly have said the way that we designed this game was so that you couldn't unlock everything naturally. You would have to buy at least something. And I'm like, yeah. pardon? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's an amazing world we live in where a game developer will literally come out to you and say, I'm going to scalp the shit out of you. And right? like, literally people will lap it up. And the That's the scary that. thing. But no, that, that actually reminds me. Um, so Overwatch, the last event that they did, someone did the maths, and apparently um, you, if you basically gamed every waking hour of, of the time that the event was on, you would just about be able to get every legendary skin based on odds and, and number of, uh, amount of XP gained across amount of time of events and blah. Like literally every waking hour of every day of the event, and you would just about be able to get every legendary skin. Mm-hmm. It's it's a system designed to push you towards. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I I'll be hundred percent honest about this. For honor really changed a lot of things for me, just in my opinion. Because for honor as a game is absolutely fantastic. It's like one of the most fun games ever. But it was literally destroyed by that whole structure that they had mm-hmm. on it. And I have so little desire to play that game partially because of that and the way that that like encouraged that. And you know that some people did it and were way ahead of you and it just became so frustrating mm-hmm. like as an experience. And it, mm-hmm. I, it actually feels like a fantastic game that was ruined by someone literally saying, well, how can we maximize profit margins here? Well, and also it was uh, P2P servering as well. Yeah, yeah, but again, that is that's the same thing. Why didn't they do dedicated servers? Because it would have cost them more money. Yep. So, like, it's literally, it all comes down to that one tenor of, like, profits over everything. <laughs> one tenor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> profit, uh, pretty much. And, it, yeah, it's just so, yeah, I don't know. I guess you know it's, every, it's someone's choice, but whether they want to make these purchases and whatever else. But yeah, when absolutely. Pushed into doing it by either you know pay to win for a game or pay to keep up with your friends because you kind of almost have to because getting them naturally is not really possible. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, again, like, I'll reiterate this because I know there's a a whole bunch of people who disagree with me and that's okay. Um, But as far as having cosmetic only items in these boxes, that's great because for some people they won't, they won't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a huge issue with that personally if that's how they want to make money i don't really have an issue with that you have to admit that in the case of ubisoft where they've said there weren't going to be any and now (laughs) they've said there are their vanity only you can't give the vanity only excuse there because vanity only does come with a social pressure to own them Mm -hmm. yeah and also i just think like that is just one of these things that is becoming way more common where it is, seems to be acceptable for companies to just totally go back on things they've said yeah. because they need a bit more money or whatever it actually is. Like, they just decide. Yeah, I, I think, like, basically, 
Actually, I think one of the things that is really important here is that as consumers, we do not have anywhere near as much right of recourse with games and software in general as we do with normal products. Like if you go and buy something and you think it's crap, you can take it back. And like there are laws to protect you around this sort of stuff, right? What do you do if you buy a game and you think it's crap? Shall like I, Steam are helping. If you go to a game store and you hand the disc over and you say, this game is crap, I don't like it. Do you know what we do? We push it back at you and we laugh. Offer <laughs> you a refund for about yep. two thirds of the value. Yeah. Yep. You can trade it in, but as you say, it'll be about two thirds of the value. If you think a game is crap, that's not on us. And nope. we... I think that's why also that game developers and just games in general just like sometimes draw such vitriolic kind of reactions on social media it's because people just don't have the right of recourse they do in almost every other walk of life mm -hmm. you just literally you can't do shit like what can you do if you bought a game you played it for five hours and all of a sudden you're like this is crap and well, let's be honest two hours and returning a game it's just it's a start but it's not good enough no how many games have you played where you just don't know enough about it after two hours really like, <laughs> obviously, it's absolutely yeah. terrible. <laughs> like, you know, you'll be able to yeah. tell. He's saying that he traded Final Fantasy 15 at the game and got a tenner for it. I'm surprised they gave you a tenner for it because yep. that's about £3,000 too much for that yep. game. Fuck me, it was terrible. <laughs> Shall we talk about refunds? transitioning, I guess, yeah. into our next topic here. So we may as well kind of uh, dive into it because it's kind of an interesting... Uh, the other side of the coin almost, I guess. And that's, along with the Steam sale, uh, Steam refunds have gone through the roof. Uh, like, absolutely gone through the roof. They, they received, like, over 200,000 refund requests in a day. And that's not necessarily saying that uh, they, they did get the refund, but odds are, like, with, with the way that Steam refunds are processed, odds are you're going to get your refund because you write shit bollocks tits bastard in in the comment for the refund and they'll just automatically refund it anyway so um yeah the um the the, the day that the sale started three hundred and fifteen thousand refund requests i and mean that, what i what i think is it's this is an awkward one i think because obviously right now there's been plenty of game developers and publishers who've said that the system hurts them and I get that because it's tough. But let's be honest, every retailer, every manufacturer, every other business has to deal with this stuff. And I'm sorry to say this to indie developers, but I think they've got to live in the real world where the situation has. And it's exactly what we were just talking about. The situation right now in software in general, and it's not only games, is really not acceptable compared to the rest of the way things are. And I think this is just natural. If you're selling games for 60 odd percent off, people are going to take a chance on a game that they weren't sure about. And sometimes they're going to hate that and give it back. But um, I think the protection that should be given, and it doesn't directly apply to this perhaps, because this is more of a knee jerk purchase play refund, more or less within 10 minutes or, or, or so of the bloody process. But like in a general um, vibe, like my kind of thought is, there should it should be time limited you buy the game and then you have a month to play two hours of it 
and then you can refund it if it's beyond the month yeah. you've bought it you've accepted it you've got it and that kind of falls almost in line with a lot of uh, other products well certainly in the uk anyway if you buy yeah. an electronic item for example nothing's gone wrong with it but you want to return it because you didn't like it you normally get 28 days uh, yeah. in, uh, yeah. whether you've used it it's it's been you know unboxed or or not or whatever else like it doesn't matter uh, you can just return it no questions asked um so like if something like that at least that's a level of protection because it's, it's much the same with like chargebacks for streamers right so you can't touch your money for x amount of time in case you get a chargeback because of like the limitations on when people can activate chargebacks for example well it's much the same way like indie people what they just can't touch their bank account ever because someone might you know 500 people might decide to refund their game two years from now that they just suddenly decide that they want to refund the game or whatever else. That's just not a feasible, maintainable system. Uh, but then uh, Steam for you, I suppose. Steam Steam systems are a bit mad. But um, someone someone in the chat, a uh, king, said, said that uh, games are developed like movies. But the thing is, you can walk out of a movie and ask for your money back. And like, uh, like you you can do that. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't. But you can right, do but that. You have like, a choice to. Whereas, yeah. again, like uh, uh, in, we had a we had a thing in game where um, uh, when Project Cars was it Project Cars came out that you had to have like the online to be able to play it, right? So people would bring it in and go, "It's broken," and I'm like, "Okay, do you have PS Plus? No. Okay, well, it's not broken. You don't have online capabilities to be able to play it. You need to buy this." And somebody'd go, okay, then it's crap, and I don't want it. I want a refund. And at that point, you'd go, do you know what? It's not our fault that it's crap. Whatever. Whereas with all these other forms of media, if you don't like it within X amount of time, you can you ship have... it back. Um, so there's some some disparity there. Yeah, but, uh... sure. but again, we've <laughs> we've gone out of the habit of having demos. Instead of demos, yeah. we now have YouTube and we have Twitch. Yeah. If you want to see uh, yeah, how the yeah, game like, plays, you go on to Twitch. That's basically your option, yeah. Yeah. But we, we spoke about this a little while back. I don't know if it was a week that you were away, actually, Pip. I can't remember. But about the, the DRM stuff with Rhyme, the game. Were you... Were you yeah, I think no, that was, was a week. Oh. You was, you was on that one? I, I, so. I forget. Either way, like we were, talk, we were talking about like the DRM stuff and whatever else. And, and I, I mentioned the fact that like demos aren't even necessarily worth the megabytes they're downloaded for because they're not going to keep updating that demo. No, that's true. Why would you keep updating the demo? Like you just wouldn't, you wouldn't commit manpower to it. So, you know, I, I come along and I, I want to play this game six months after release. So I download the demo, see if it runs on my PC and it runs perfect and it's wonderful. And then I buy and download the actual game, and it doesn't run because it, they've changed it and they've updated it in such a way that it starts chewing up processing power and whatever else. And then I need to refund that game. So even demos nowadays are less pertinent because of the the you know how rife updating and patching and whatever else is, and you know sweeping changes to systems and whatever. Right. Um, so it's very hard to even use that as kind of a, a defense of you know well we don't have demos and that's why it's. You know, there's, there's only so far they can go nowadays. Um, but yeah, 330,000 copies of Rust have been refunded total. <laughs> right, but 
but that's only something like 6% of the user base of Rust. Wow. It sounds yeah. like a really big number, but actually it's not. Those people have good taste, yeah. yes, um, but, you know, that's, that's, you've got to remember that sounds like a really big number, but that's No, it does, like, you're right. That's about 6%. They sold a lot of them. Of they the sold a hell of a lot of copies yeah. of that game. Yep, I, I don't understand why. Uh, no. After, uh, after, but... after having played it to death, I don't really understand why. No, I, I, I think three hundred thirty thousand is quite a slim number. Mm. Actually, no, it's quite a large number because I'm startled that many people bought it in the first place. But, um, <laughs> but hey, but it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting field, and like, I don't know, like it, it does feel like that people misuse the steam sales to a degree by doing this but, like I, I mean I, I totally agree with you but what i think is interesting here in all of this is that steam is actually kind of ahead of the curve here in a lot of ways because um what i do for a living we rely on very expensive software you hmm. buy that and you find you have a problem with it they literally just laugh at you, right? They literally will just laugh at you. And you spent five, six, seven, eight hundred quid on this bit of software. And like mm -hmm. literally you have zero recourse. So like, I mean, the funny thing is that Steam is actually very much ahead of the curve on this at the minute. Well, I think um, uh, you do it through Origin as well. I forget what uh, their time frame is, yeah, but they, they do some kind of refundy if you're not completely happy within a certain period, doodly do. Uh, but I don't think you play this shit, but then you play, can't even build I mean, a it, we, I like to call it you don't play personally. Yeah. Um, the, the, is fucking horrific alone. The one like, thing, like... the one thing that I wish Steam did, um, in partnership with developers who have shorter games, is I wish that they would put in a marker for X amount of progress in the game completed. So even if you've completed the game in under two hours or you've completed X amount of the game in under two hours, you shouldn't be able to refund that. And maybe it takes into account cost of game, like if it was under $5 or something, and you completed it in that sort of time. Yeah, 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 precisely. If you're charging like $50 for a game that's like an hour and a half long, you're probably overcharging and did that to... The order for 1886. Oh, now me and you are going to have a disagreement <laughs> about the order because I thought the order was no, the order was cool, but clever. It was cool, but it was really it was, expensive. Yeah, it was really expensive. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I... No, don't get me wrong. I thought it was really cool. It just mm, was it was just It was expensive stuff. for what it was. <laughs> no, I, I have this thing where um, I feel like... I feel like if we could have some kind of progress cap on these, you know, games that are good value for money for the length that they run, yeah. that'd be there's, that'd there's be some great. niggling to do in there, isn't there? There's yeah. some some kind. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. It's yeah. not easy. No, oh no, there's no easy. It's solution not easy. To any of this. Yeah, no, there's no good solution to this. Well, it probably is, but it requires a bit more thought than we're willing to give it. In the yeah, I mean, yeah, like literally, it's going to take a while of like playing. I think. Why is maths? And I'm not good at maths. No. And and even though I played a bit of D and D, and I've not become a bomber or a cocaine smuggler, but I I maths. That's I, all right. I we'll work on that. We'll work on that next month. It's fine. The cocaine or the no, D and D, D, &D. <laughs> doesn't. Doesn't matter. Let's move on. 
Um, Let's talk about other shit things because so, yeah, we're done talking we, we about did, shit games. We did mention Final Fantasy 15 earlier. So Final Fantasy 15 has got another fucking wank game to add to its repertoire. And we're not talking we, about the fishing one either. Fucking Prince Fumble Cunt's fishy adventure. That can <laughs> piss off and up. Fucking VR fishing oh, mini game. But instead of adding it as a DLC or even a free DLC to the original game, they're like, fuck it, we'll sell it as a separate thing and have Noctis wade around in a pair of fucking wellies in lakes forevermore with a VR headset strapped to some poor bastard's head while he fishes endlessly in a fucking pond. Do you know what's really sad? I would totally go for a VR fishing game. But I hate the yeah. I would go I, I fucking hate the fishing yeah, in Final you Fantasy know what? 15. I, would... I could imagine that being yeah. quite nice and relaxing, oh, actually. Nice and chill, chill soundtrack, F15. lots of nature. But not FF15 with Prompto over the over the side going, no. Oh, dang, yeah, you did. I'm going to take a picture of it now. It's going to be great. I'm going to fuck Cindy. She's going to love it. I'm going to advertise gonna... this product. It's going to be great. <laughs> Cup <laughs> noodles. Like, yeah. just I don't need it. Like, but anyway, that's, that's, not, that's not even the one. That's not, so, that, yeah, it's not the one we're talking about. We're talking about this gacha piece. Of, is it a gacha Wait, game? so hang on. Have they actually done a fishing spinoff of... It's, yeah, that, that's yeah, another thing that, that they announced at E3 during the Sony conference yeah. because that was worth announcing and not just shitting out on a table a, somewhere. A I want to love Squeenix because they like release some really cool games, but then they also do some weird as hell yeah. stuff. Yeah. They were, <laughs> the thing is, they worked so hard on Final Fantasy 15 for so long, it feels like they're trying to get every they, last they, piece of development. Yeah, they can't let it, it go, can no. they? They just can't let it go. Like someone's just said, like, Maybe we should consider like moving on from Final Fantasy. And they're like, get the hell out of this office right now. You don't say those words here. Like, I, as I say, like, I would adore a fishing game where I could put on my headset and I could sit with a waterfall and just fish. Make like a bass fish in 2017. That's what I want. Right. VR. <laughs> right. In VR, yes. And I want to be able to look down and see my fucking chair that I'm sat in. I want my cold one <laughs> in the in the side. And I want to sit down and do some fishing, right? Even go so far as to sell me that shitty little peripheral that's yeah! like a cut fishing rod with the real one. Sell me that as well. I'm fine with it. Yep. Just not the fucking shitty... Like, oh, well... I've discovered a new recipe. I'm going to cook this bream you've just caught into some delicious thing that's going to be over-texturized it's because the... we spent all the fucking dev time. My, I'll, I'll be honest. It's, my the, mate. it's a monster. Like... What about yeah. my housemate? I swear to God, at one point, I thought was going to smash his PlayStation 4 because <laughs> he he's one of these people that has to do like everything in games. Um, and he was playing Final Fantasy, and like I could see him just getting angrier and angrier, Amazing. like being sent to kill these things for like another recipe or some shit like that, or yeah. to take a picture. And like, yeah, he, he actually finished it in the end. Is the ridiculous thing? He he spent like a hundred and ten hours or something stupid like that. And then what did he follow that up with? Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh great! And he just stopped playing games for like a couple of weeks after I mean, that. It- at any point, <laughs> he just take a chainsaw to his groin as a more pleasurable experience. Because, uh, he, he... <laughs> but anyway, right? But like, we haven't even touched Wait, on the actual. Yeah, no. Let's, yeah, let's talk about this so, village building. Gacha... Yeah. Uh, it's Final Fantasy Fifteen: A New Empire. 
So this is like part of the ever-expanding swath of shitty Final Fantasy 15 related toss. Oh God, no way! It's a city, but oh, it's a city builder, um, which is like the same as uh, oh, I don't know, like any any one of a thousand. The Viking one, clans of Vikings or what? Clash of oh, Vikings or whatever it's called, where you have to build the blacksmith, and then you have to build the something else. And then it takes you three weeks to build the something else. You know what, though? I have to say, I did weirdly used to play an online game that was kind of the epitome of that. You literally, all you did was you had a character and you went and did a thing for a few hours. That was literally it. And all you did was click on that thing and it would be like, you're doing this for four hours. Uh, And like that was literally it. That was the whole game. I, I downloaded it and I played it because I just wanted to see. I was like, you know, maybe they'll make something of this franchise and it'll be halfway fun. No, bollocks was it. This is even worse than most of those games. I got, I, I played maybe 10, 15 minutes and it already got to the point of you basically need to pay to progress. Oh, grim. Oh, wow. It was so sweet. Mind you, they're not the only, I mean, like people do this all the time. There was yeah. a done. Dungeon Keeper. Oh, that was murder. Yeah, that literally, because that was one of my favorite games as a yeah, kid. That broke uh, my Dungeon soul. Keeper. Yeah, exactly. Like, it was just like, oh, how could they do this yeah. to like one of my favorite uh, franchises ever? They did it with Theme Park as yeah. well. Where you had like, you plunk down rides and they'll cost a fortune or whatever else. Yeah. And- I tell you what, let me let me do a quick let me do a quick plug in here real quick. If you guys want a mobile game that is actually good that you can take time away from but is kind of relaxing in the same breath, go and download Tiny Rails. Play the shit out of Tiny Rails. Tiny Rails is amazing. It's a game where you take over your grandfather's train business and you get pieces of your train and you've got to take your train all across the country and buy and sell goods and carry people back and forth and make sure that they've like got my job, like, toilets and stuff. And as you're going from station to station, obviously you've got some wait time, right? So what it does is it gets rid of the UI and you just watch these pixel environments go past. So you can switch your really- phone off and your phone will be like, hey, you know, you're coming up to your waypoint soon. Or you can just sit there and watch these beautiful pixel like things go past. You go past like because it's like across the north uh, North America. You go past like well known monuments, oh, that's and, cool. and you can take pictures of them for extra XP. That's cool. It's it actually looks really pretty. pretty. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I absolutely love it. So if you guys need a fucking decent game to play, yeah, I'll play this shit. That. This is this is rubbish. Don't play this shit. Don't trust any of this. Don't trust these horrible oh, gacha games. Even better. Even better, uh, in in the 10, 15 minutes that I played before I hit that wall, I think it crashed about five times. Oh, Jesus, gods. <clears throat> why? Like, why? And it's just like, why? why I don't... Why you yeah, and it's just I... part of the issue, though, because like, it seems now that every AAA game has to have some companion app, some companion game, some fucking wank extra stuff that's thrown alongside it is a flash game that we cobbled together in 10 minutes it can play whilst you wait for it to load or whatever and it's just so arbitrary and it's so redundant like none of these games are decent games in their own right they're just kind of tacked on to the franchise in a very transparent way because you know jim happens to know someone across over in shitty game ports are us over in some other office 
that makes this type of game. So we're just going to slap a name on it and, and roll with it. There was a good I mean, example that... of that. There was a good example of a, of a game doing that. And I don't remember whether it was Dragon Age or not. I, I think it was Dragon Age, but I'm not entirely sure. The way that it worked was if you hadn't played the earlier games, it would take you through a story of what had happened and you could make the decisions that mattered. That's quite cool. Which you so, could do in a mobile app or just in the fucking game. Well, I mean, it was it was an optional thing that they suddenly realized, hey, this would be good, but we don't have the dev time to put it in as a like in the game. We'll make it a, an optional thing. And that worked. You but, could stick that in a browser. Yeah. I, mobile app. You can just you can just bang it into a web browser thing and do it that way or whatever else. Like Oh god, the Pip Boy app. I mean, that was a novelty thing. And it was yeah. to go with their collector's edition, right? Yeah, yeah. You could feasibly use it if you really want it, but it was Not on a screen. That's more just, you could. It was just a novelty. It thing. It wasn't very useful. Um, but it was I a cool was, idea. Don't get me wrong. Right. I mean, but it wasn't totally cool practical. <laughs> no. Like, um, but yeah, just it just irks me because there's no, there's no value in them, and they're just really clearly pointlessly slapped on, mm. and that's it. Yeah. And they're just there because they can ride on the name, and and nothing more. Yeah, that's literally it. And I, I think, unfortunately, it's it's literally there is this capitalist thing because so many of the AAA devs are these big multinational corporations now where it is literally it doesn't matter what the developer wants anymore like it's literally because Square Enix are really good with the indies yeah supported and pushed out and promoted so many fucking fantastic indie games that is true I'm actually I just got a code for one that I'm so excited for which one Black the Fall (gasps) I've been waiting for it since Res last year uh, I actually had a little play of it the other day, and it's freaking awesome. Um, but yeah, they've, they've been pulling out loads of really cool stuff, and they don't need a fucking piece of shit slapped on the side of them. Whatever. Right, right. It bugs me. It bugs me. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's weird. Like, do you are right, and it's, it's it's kind of worrying when companies like Square Enix are doing it as well. I think because you expect that sort of stuff that would do. Yeah. They yeah. seem. One of the ones that kind of hold, you know, even though I I disagree that Final Fantasy Fifteen really had that much value to it as a game and whatever else, and uh, maybe on the scheme of things, usually their games are pretty good. Like they're, maybe, you know, and I don't see good. how this would do this, but let's just be charitable for a little minute. But maybe their thought is, there's the mobile market's so big, maybe we can get a couple of people to like. Come play our other games from yeah. the mobile games, I mean, but the problem yeah. would be that would have to be a good game first. Yeah, to get and them interested in. Really... Yeah. yeah. The thing is, as well, on the App Store, like the well, at least the Google App Store, um, or Google Play Store, should I say? Um, the entire top banner, which is like usually like latest games and whatever else, and it scrolls across and it's like promoted slots. Right. All of the slots of this game. Wow. They've literally purchased every single slot, so yep. it's all just different screens from so, this piece of shit game. 
before you get to the charts and everything, there's an ad for it, and there are three different ads within that first ad. Uh, in new and updated so, game, it's it's right there. It's in the top spot. That, that so top bar, that top bar, if you scroll across, it's all seven panes. <laughs> oh, I've only got I've only got three panes, but oh, really? they're, they're all Final Fantasy. Oh, I think if you go into games rather than just the stories, oh, right, like okay. it's all the, seven panes. The other oh. thing is, it's only got a rating of three point six right now. That's fucking wow. generous. The the <laughs> first couple of like the first couple of results for it are miserable. Yeah, because it's great. But three point six is super generous. It's two if you really really enjoy fucking wanking your money up the wall. Yeah, what's that like. called? Uh, this this is Final Fantasy fifteen um, uh, a new empire a new empire yeah a whole new empire oh god <laughs> should we move on to some good games <laughs> should we do should we do our game Please. recommendations for this week because um we've got yeah. some good ones this week and I'm fed up of talking about shitty mobile games because <laughs> they upset me well, a great deal why 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 would you why would you want to not talk about the wonderful talk about one? talk about Doctor Decker please. So I'm yet to finish this. Like I still want got this Soulburn. Maybe a quarter of the game left, something like that. And I, I kind of stopped because my brain was melting. Oh, and I, I saw this. a bit of Savage playing this. It seemed really cool. Bad. So, Except for the fact that one of the people is a really bad actor that it just was yeah, really yeah, distracting yeah. me. But... <laughs> but like I have a, 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 almost fetish levels of enjoyment of FMV games. Like uh, there's just something I really, really enjoy about them. Yep. So um, I play like interestingly enough, one of the actors from Contradiction is in this game. Uh, so um, did you play the bunker? Because that was really cool. I enjoyed well. that. The bunker um, I have this warm, soft spot in my heart for because it was literally developed around the corner from me. Yeah. I just it was a like, really uh, like I really enjoyed it. It was different. Yeah. It was a great to, like game. anything I've played. It was more of like an interactive They've film, got another one out of. now. Really? Yes. Ooh, I'm gonna have to check that out. Mm-hmm. But you've also got like her story, that was great. That was great. Her story's untold almost kind of in that it wasn't an FMV game, but it felt like it was almost an FMV game at points. It was hmm. uh, very in that space. I and mean, even like some of the older ones, like back on the PS1, they had an X-Files game that was all FMV and it was really kind of weird. Um, but like this, so the premise oh, I wish is... I could play this on the mic. I literally played the X-Files sound when you said that. Right. But you can't hear it. Um, so it's an FMV game where you are taking over from Dr. Decker for a bunch of psychiatry uh, patients. Uh, Dr. Decker's hopped the twig is that even a right term of phrase kick the bucket anyway he's 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 dead jim um <laughs> but not and, as we know him. yeah for, yeah well quite possibly you never know um and your task is not only to treat all of these patients with their various ailments and issues of you know their, their mental health but also to find out which one of them did it which, which one one of them killed him and I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool premise. And that that's, uh, that seems kind of fun. And it seems like it's got a lot of intrigue. And it's randomized every time. So you, you, there's no way of knowing who it was. Oh. Until, like, there's not huge amounts of replay value, but it's done to stop spoilers, basically, hmm. which is kind of cool. Um, but as you get into it, 
and I'm not going to go too far into it because I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Yeah, because I want to play. But like, the further you go into it, the further you're like, this isn't as simple as it appears on the surface. And there's a lot of weird shit going on and a lot of points kind of coming together that don't quite add up and there's kind of a, is this a paranormally don't you also have to like type in your questions as well yeah, right? it's not questions. like multiple choice it's literally yeah. you've got a yeah, yeah you, you you literally have to process what they say and pick out what are the important points to quiz oh, them kind on of like her story then where you pick up on yeah. keywords and you look up the next but but you you physically type the question uh, to go. The right answer or whatever else, then they'll just have like a oh, I have no idea kind of. You might need line. to repeat that because uh, my cable is snapping in my microphone and it just it just uh. snapped right out. Uh, so you might want to try that once more for me. Okay, I can certainly hear you again now. <laughs> Good, but. So, uh, I've lost my train of thought. But yeah, so like the different bits and pieces that you say back and forth uh, to them, you know, you have to make sure that you're picking up the right thing or whatever else. Otherwise, they're just like, oh, I don't know. Oh, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, they have no idea what you're on about. <laughs> um, but even then, when they say, I don't know what you're talking about, there might be something in what they say when they say that they don't know or they're evading a question that's worth pressing on, even though it's not directly there. And it's all very cleverly put through. Um and then kind of cross-referencing between some of the patients to nail them down. It's just really fascinating. And it's really, unless you're sort of paying super attention to the, the commonalities and like the linkages between different things and that they're saying and stuff that they say kind of offhand, you won't get what you're supposed to be asking them about and what direction you should push them in. And it's just very I much. reckon I would have trouble playing this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is, though, there are so, like there are some iffy bits. Like some of the acting is a bit here and there, and there are points where like you can accidentally ask them something at the end of the conversation through through like a normal sensible leap of logic, and then they'll start talking about something as if they've already said the five things before that yeah some kind of breaks in process that kind of that's one of the things i did notice about it a certain figure and i'm like who what? i don't i don't know where they get they go i didn't even know they fucking existed like <laughs> i have no idea uh, so there's a bit of chafing there but other than that the game's really cool um it's like eight quid oh damn is it really uh, yeah, seven, eight quid, something like that. I forget exactly. But the um, more than worth, I would say. Like, if it's your kind of thing, if you're into like the sort of FMV games or whatever else, I've got six hours of, out of it so far, and I'm not finished yet. Seven quid. Um, oh, damn. Not actually on the Steam sale because it's like only just come out, more or less. It came out last month. Um, but yeah, seven quid. I've already got six hours out of it, and I'm about three quarters of the way through. I probably will run through it with another playthrough so i'd say value for money is there as well that's my pick for the week sweet englander wants to know if it's as good as night trap on the sega mega cd but nothing will ever be as good as night trap ever so i, I we're not going to dignify that question with an answer yeah. um 
Shall I go next? Because, Ed, I want you to talk a little bit about yours. Because there's a really weird thing going on with your game. And I'm, yeah, I'm kind this of... fucking, like, conspiracy theory level tinfoil hat bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so, kind of weird. Yeah, so let me... No, let me... Say. Let me really quick, yeah, let me quickly plug mine and then we'll go. So I've been playing a lot of Darkest Dungeon, but Darkest Dungeon was my thing last week. I hate survival games. I'm done with survival games. I can't do them anymore. So I've been playing Subnautica. Um, <laughs> Subnautica is wonderful and I wish there was co-op. Uh, for you guys who don't know, Subnautica is the story of you as you crash out of space in your giant spaceship. Um, and it blows up in front of you as you are stuck on this planet that is pretty much entirely water. Um, and you have to dive for resources. You have to dive for, uh, for plants, for food, um, to be able to get water. Um, and the way that Subnautica is now going is that they've managed to put in this really bizarre alien story. And it is wonderful and terrifying and the way that they've managed to weave this narrative into a survival game oh wait there's actually story now yeah there is i still haven't actually played it so maybe now's the time to now's actually time to, do yeah, it i own it. it it's not quite there yet recommend and actually play something else for a fucking change yeah. <laughs> it's it's not quite there yet but there's there's story and then there's a bit more story and then there's, shit, how the fuck do I put this together? So, okay. it's getting there. And I know, like, I know there's this thing of games never come out of early access. And we're all done with survival. This is wonderful. They've altered the balance since, I, I played it on stream once. And a guy who did the, Q, uh, the QA for it came in and roasted me because I was on about balance. Uh, and the fact that the, a load of the balance was skewed to hell and it was wrong and it made the game practically unplayable. And the guy was, was came in and basically went, you're wrong, you don't know what you're talking about. So I stopped playing. Since then, they've changed the balance so it's now actually playable. Um, it's buggy as shit. But if you can get it to run decently, it is an experience and a half and I adore it. I absolutely, absolutely adore it. It's full of um it's full of atmosphere it's full of really clever crafting um it's really really full of uh this this clever narrative that they're weaving into the experience is really 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 clever um and i i like it i really like it and as i say i'm done with survival games i'm done but i'll play the shit out of this this is wonderful um and i hope yeah, i need to play that i hope to death there's co-op on the horizon <laughs> i hope to death there is co-op on the horizon. Um, Cook Food Meets it. Yeah, there's there's a couple of issues still where they're where they're working through things. I think their main focus now is to get you to want to play on and get to go further than just crafting a base. Um, so they've still got a lot to work on, but as a work in progress, it's really fucking neat. Like it's really fucking neat, and it has giant sea monsters in it. And who doesn't love giant fuck off sea monsters? Like, I mean, I think it's always nice when a work in progress actually shows progress. So yes. we're already doing something there yeah. that uh, games don't. And it, it definitely has. It definitely has. We've gone from where I was playing it where I was struggling to get the right resources and there wasn't much of a story. And I was going out to these empty pods and then coming back again and being like, well, that was that was a waste of my time. <laughs> oh, I don't know why well, I did that. But now 
there's actually a reason for you to be trying to piece all this stuff together. And when the story hits, you're like, oh damn, this is a, this, this is a, a survival experience where I actually want to survive. So yeah, this is, this is super clever and it's, it's, it's really great. Um, I think it's on sale, question mark. I think it's on sale still. Yeah, we have a little one in Ramble um, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure it is. It's, I remember seeing it pop up. Oh no, no, I lied, 750. Yeah. Uh, this oh, is, no, it is. It's half off. 750 is half off. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. For 750, you'll get hours and hours and hours and hours and hours out so of this. So that's probably, what, $10 probably? Yeah. Sounds it. Yeah. So it is it's getting there now. And I I really like the direction that it's going in. Um, And this is somebody who, as I say, I played it and went, this is naff. I don't like the balance. There's nothing to keep Very positive, like 36,000, uh, 34,000 reviews nearly, which is... Like always a pretty good sign for a yeah. game like that, right? Yeah, yeah, it's difficult to get those sort of ratings with, with games on Steam nowadays. Especially with... when they yeah. change as, as often as, you know, these early access crafting survival games do. Yeah, and it's very po wasn't very positive recent, which is always a pretty good sign, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and the thing, like, we were talking about this last week, and it's like, you know, if there's a grain of sand wrong on the on the game somewhere, then the sort of Steam will point it out, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah so... They bombed the reviews of it. The second yeah. that there's a th there's well, mate, something, the whole thing with GTA is a perfect example yeah. of that. Yeah. Like, and Dungeon how... had the same kind of thing when they brought in corpses. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Although that's actually a great addition, I think. Yeah, but it really was. It did like. No, it it was i i remember i got irritated as hell when they added them because it just totally changed the way everything worked but, but it was a good thing it was a good thing okay mm -hmm. so from me being done with survival games to you never coming off them and tell us a little bit apparently about yeah so i mean as if any of you who know me are surprised <laughs> i'm gonna suggest seven days to die because no i, I what i mean I'll be honest, like the first reason I'll say this is because I now have basically 1100 hours in this game in uh, on Steam. And I don't have anything like that in any other game anywhere. I like how in the video it actually has a pig which has been replaced. Uh, <laughs> this I, mean, is the, not... I think this is the official console trailer. Oh, yeah. is it? Okay, yeah, so, so I, I put in... yeah, console is a whole nother ball game. Okay, it's which... a nice looking trailer. You shut your whore mouth and carry on talking it about it. It is actually a nice trailer, I have to say. But, right? um, we but... do our best to bring you the best in, like, you know, video content to go with your <laughs> mouth words. I work hard <laughs> on downloading these and making them fit every week. You, you know, sit down. But, no. I mean... This pig's not here anymore. Uh, the world of tanks people didn't complain when I had a tank leaning around a corner. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, uh, no. So, I mean, at its core, is a survival game, and it, it, it's actually quite, in a lot of ways, it's quite a brutal survival game that is actually. I think quite markedly different from most out there because it is actually a proper PvE game. I think that's something that not many people have done. I think you'd struggle to do PvP in Seven Days to Die. I know there are servers out there, but I, like it's really not built for that. And hmm. it has a very complex and 
full crafting system that allows you to build with blocks and stuff like that, which means you can be extremely creative. But also, like, I like the developers. They're not the quickest when it comes to updates, but, like, they obviously care about the game. They're like a small development team. And when an update comes, they do, it, they've done a lot. The update that is coming out as we speak, that's in experimental, that's about to go stable, has added a hell of a lot of content to the game. Uh, and frankly, like uh, the, the fact that it keeps updating is probably part of the reason I have 1,100 hours, which probably segues quite nicely into this weirdness that does appear with this game on the forums in a couple of places where there are people who don't want this game to come out of alpha. And the developers keep talking about how, you know, it's coming towards the end of the development process. So there are people who seem to actively want them to not finish the game ever, which seems very strange, considering that's yeah, like a... Like, I, I don't understand. Yeah. Well, yeah, you no. said this to us earlier, and every part of my brain went, what? I think it's literally because people come back, like, they'll play it when an update comes out, and they'll play it for, like, a month, and they'll be like, okay, I'm played out. And then when the next update comes out, they'll play it again. And it's there's a whole new reason, because the balance has changed totally, and right. they've added all this new content. And I think a lot of them just feel it becomes stale when it gets old. But I think one of the key things they're missing is that actually Seven Days to Die is a wonderful modding platform. Um... And so when it's finished and stuff like Steam Workshop integration that they've talked about is added, having these massively complex mods like installed and having servers that are heavily modded that do exactly what you want out of the game are going to be really easy to do. Because right now it's a pain in the ass. You've got to use all these other tools, which is why I never really that heavily mod it. But even on like a light level, you can learn to mod this game in about 10 minutes. And like, I think that's another thing that's quite cool because from my perspective, I've never modded any games before in my life, but I've managed to make things on our server that like I've not seen anyone else do that just adds to the game in my opinion. <laughs> and like, you know, you can change balances, for example. And like, you know, if you wanted to, for example, you can make the entire world spawn as a snow biome. And have like all the struggles that that would bring and stuff like that. And it, yeah, that's, yeah, I, I think that's why it has so much replay value. You literally, it's one of the few games where I play it for a certain period of time and you get too much stuff. And so I'm like, oh, I want to restart the game now. Yeah, but like, I don't think that's restricted by it being an alpha because no. I, I just, the people that are complaining about that just don't understand what an alpha is. Like, mm. they're, they're, building the base game the, the the core of the game the bit that works and does the stuff yeah because i know a lot of people a lot of people point and laugh at this game because it's been in alpha for like four years and they're like it's never going to get finished and all this stuff but it will it's just it's been a very complex game they've made some poor decisions during the development of it at times such as totally changing engine uh, around Alpha 10 about two years ago, which basically took the game from really good to totally unplayable um, at one point. And then they basically almost had to rebuild the entire game because they updated the version of Unity that they were using. And like, oh, you know, God. there's so reasons why... So many people why had issues with that, though. So yeah. many people. That was and you, there's reasons it's been in Alpha for four years. And I think fairly valid ones, but 
you know, goes six, seven years into alpha, people will be rightly asking the question, why has this game not come out? And let's be honest, if they want to be like super selfish about it, they should finish this game and start a new one because they're probably not making much money from this game anymore. I can't imagine that they sell huge amounts of copies of it now because it's been out for three years. Yeah, four there's a years. Certain, certain <laughs> you know, runoff where it just starts like going the, yeah. And even play but, figures, I would imagine, as well. Like, you know, you can only keep it. The amazing like- thing is that uh when Alpha sixteen experimental came out, they had their highest numbers ever. Oh yeah. yeah. On That's Steam. Impressive. And like concurrents are pretty strong at the minute. It does fluctuate between updates. Um, actually, but yeah, the concurrence is really good. Back is 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 pretty impressive. It's not many yeah. games in three years are fully able to do that. So, That's, I think there is something different about it that I think makes it kind of special in the world where there's way too many survival games out there. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, like I think it's. Um, I just think it, it does need to come out of alpha. That's that's yeah, that's it. It does. Kicking and screaming as it goes. Uh, I think. I'll be one hundred percent honest. I still think it's probably another six months to nine months before it actually does come out of alpha. But it feels from someone who's been following the develop for, development for a long time, it feels like they're pushing towards finishing it. There's lots mm. of things that have happened where you're like, this feels like a push towards a more polished finished feeling game like you know you can feel that they're getting closer but not quite yeah, yeah it's not quite like there yet I imagine because it's buggy as shit yeah. still I imagine <laughs> the community will be sad though to see it stop having those big balance changing updates and I imagine that would be I... quite a sad thing yeah while I totally agree and I will be as well firstly I think it really opens the door for modding. Once there's like a stable code mm. for everyone to work off, people have done incredible things with this game with the modding already. Um, and to think that really they only have six months at most to do it in between updates is kind of crazy. Right. Um, I think once it actually is finished, plus I'm kind of excited to see what they've learned from this and what they do next. You know, like I almost would be happy to see them move on and see what the next game is and because you know they've been open about the fact that unity was not the best engine for this game but they'd gone so far down development that you know the change would have been absolutely suicidal yeah i mean that's that's the struggle like engine hopping any any game that's done it has suffered to some degree (laughs) from having done it as much as it may have been a required thing like you, you you've reached a point where you just have to um it's always been a bit of a bumpy ride going from one to the other because not only is it having to pull everything across and rebuild a bunch of stuff it's knowledge as well like that yeah exactly this is this is the thing well. i i genuinely feel like if they were to in six months release an update and be like boom game's finished we're gonna move on and make seven days to die too now I think anyone who would be pissed off with that would be so short-sighted that they just yeah. would not see what's going on at all. Because I actually genuinely think if they want to progress really 
that is the future. Although I do think that potentially they'll do something totally different next. But hmm. I think oh, they've actually oh. pulled what they can pretty much out of this engine. They've made something that is really quite special. And I think you get to a point where you're just not going to improve it because you're just going to keep running into the same wall every time that you try and push further. Yeah, I get that. I I guess, yeah, say, I guess times will tell as much as anything, really. Um, but yeah, there, there are definitely plateaus that you reach with an engine that yeah. you've done what you can and it's time to roll on. Yeah, we shall see. But I think it's probably time to move on to our biggest subject of the week and it's uh the 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 slightly spicy one oh, but I, I think i think we've actually got non-dickhead opinions on it so i think we'll probably yeah. go quite well with this yeah i mean i can and i can always play devil's advocate here because i've been looking mm -hmm. at the reactions on twitter yeah and also, i've been paying have, attention to what people have been saying but i certainly have a slightly different perspective than some of them i think okay so what, what we are discussing uh, affiliates now have a sub button. Uh, so uh, much in the same way as partners currently have one, uh, affiliates have also had theirs added as well. They'll be able to get a single emote rather for than each a tier. Yeah, rather than a whole array for general subs, plus an additional one at nine ninety nine and twenty four ninety nine mm -hmm. for subs. Except Twitch Prime subs as well. Um, that's adding on to the bits that they can already. Uh, accept and they have been able to accept for a while. Uh, I think do they get the game revenue? No, they don't get a game revenue yet. Okay. Uh, but oh, do they not? Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, ad revenue as well as a soon TM. Oh, is uh, it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, but sub buttons are, are available. Now there's been mixed reception not, not for the affiliates. Affiliates on the whole have been very well, encouraging. I'll be honest, uh, I have not seen many partners being oh, oh affiliates get a game revenue as well okay my, my bad that must have i was gonna say let me let me post let me post jesse's tweet um which is the little table with all the the differences yeah that is because good the uh the thing that i've seen most is partners go so what makes a partner special now uh, and i use it in that voice because guaranteed trans codes is the thing i always wanted to get partnered yep. for and it's the thing we still get, and it's still, in my opinion, the best thing about partnership. Yep. So, Hands down. Almost, so they get almost guaranteed as an affiliate as yes, well. Yes. So they get true. priority. Increase the 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 availability of transcodes massively to the yeah. point where yeah, you are totally right. Like if I mean, you're not guaranteed it as an affiliate, but you're very nearly guaranteed it as an affiliate. Yeah. So uh, they can have. Um, Affiliates get bits, but they don't get the custom cheer emotes. Um, subscriptions, they get each tier, including Prime, and they get one sub emote for each tier. So that's the, the $4.99, the $9.99, and the $24.99. Mm -hmm. um, they get uh, game sales revenue. For partners, we're looking at premium features coming soon, but there's no real indication of what those premium features are. So we're not um, entirely sure what they are. Interestingly enough, originally they did say that partners were going to receive an enhancement to their offering before the sub button dropped, and that's kind of drifted, which yeah. is not a gripe, but it's interesting that that's so occurred. I, don't I know, know how... we 
I know we actually have to be a little careful talking about this side of it, but from my understanding of it, um, actually, no. The, yeah, this, um, from my understanding. Affiliates are, as far as I'm aware, 50 50. That's and what then, I've heard read. Yeah. I was and trying to figure partners, out how to word that. Partners, <laughs> be careful. Yeah. And partners get potentially different revenue shares based on their individual um, yeah. contracts. Yeah. Yes. Um, but that's uh, on a partner to partner basis. Like there's no, yeah. There's who gets who, what, when, where. Um, but yeah, they don't get uh, they don't get things like the little the little um, sub notifier that is next to their name. They, they just get also, the default ones. They also have to pay all the fees, right? Yes. For on the on the transactions between them and Twitch, yeah. right? Which is <sighs> so. I I mean, I'm gonna go right into go for it. my issue with this. In my opinion, and this people may not like this, and I totally understand why people are doing this. Firstly, this is aimed directly at Game Wisp, in my opinion, and people like that. Twitch yeah. have seen people making money off their ecosystem, and they're like, we want to keep that in the Twitch ecosystem. The problem is that they take a much higher cut than something like Game Wisp. And mm -hmm. you may say that, like, you could say, and... You could say that that is fair enough, but I think that actually the problem is, do, do we think that a, being a sub on Twitch is enough of a draw that you're not actually going to lose out in realism? Yes. Having subs yeah. on Twitch because, um, it's, because it's of the cut difference. Incentivized and it's also less clicks. I know it sounds absolutely no, yeah. dumb. It being in-house makes a big difference. Like two clicks, maybe three. Whereas subbing on Game Wisp is clicking through to the site, and then if you haven't got an account or if you haven't linked up your account yet, you've got to go through the process of linking that up, and then you've got to link up a payment provider, and then you've got to go through and reconfirm that you've got to do it. Then you've got to transfer back to Twitch to share it, or you click a button in Game Wisp somewhere else in order to share it, so it comes through as an alert. It's a lot more of a lengthy process. You've also got to link up your payment provider with a third party, which a lot of people are discouraged from doing. Just people are worried about where their money goes and what they assign their money to like i'm talking the average viewer here yeah. rather than, than power users of twitch which i, I mean guess... what i will say is prime is a big difference i guess especially yes. with it being rolled out to 200 countries like well, it's basically everywhere basically yeah. yeah like just beforehand so now all of a sudden you've got these extra 200 countries that have access yeah. to Prime now. I think the, the more uh, the more in-house tools um, Twitch can give their streamers, the better. And it is much easier to say to somebody, if you want to support my content, you can just subscribe to the channel. It's click up there. You get access to X emote. Um, you know, you get your subscriber badge. Um, you get... I don't I, I forget if if affiliates get ad free viewing but you know for, for people like me I can say okay you get ad free viewing you get this you get that and it's so much easier I think to sell that than it is to say you have to go to this if you want to uh, if you want to help support you can subscribe but it's kind of like partner subscription but it's not because you have to go to this external website and then I have to track all of that the one thing I will say yeah, that Game Wish has true. though that I wish we had is that being able to say uh, 
tier one is a dollar plus. Tier two is uh four ninety nine. Yeah. Tier three is nine ninety nine. Tier yeah. four is fifteen or uh, fourteen ninety nine. Rather than sticking the to pre-designated yeah. yeah and i know that that's difficult but i would i and i love uh patreons that do this and patreon's another really interesting example of, of drawing in support from elsewhere but i really love people who have a patreon that is just one dollar plus yeah uh, whatever you can support feel free to do so mm-hmm. uh, but then i guess the problem with that is sub points literally I would literally say that that's why they probably didn't do it like that is literally some points Um, and making that decision on how that system works. But then that's quite, I I guess that's, that's a a nice, um, a a nice system in itself. The, the sub point system. I know I I like that because it means that we get smaller goals to work towards on a regular basis. And And that drives you as a content creator. Generally more emotes, which is always nice. Um, Somebody in the chat uh, really quickly is talking about uh, if you get 100 subs, do you become a partner? That's I imagine that that's not how it's going to work. I imagine no. the way that it'll work is you have to go through exactly the same process. But um, I'd also yeah. imagine that if you have 100 subs, it will look very favorably on you if oh, you sure. did apply for no, partner. For sure. I mean, I was talking to one of the Twitch dudes about this. Um, basically, for partnership applications previous to this, it's very it's been very hard for them to establish who is doing well on Twitch to be able to say yes, they do deserve, no, they don't deserve. They have stuff like concurrent viewers and peak viewers and increased numbers. And all I mean, that. do they have more stuff than we have? Like, uh, like for example, I'm presuming they have like retention, better like retention figures no, and stuff like that. For, no? Now, the, the, so thing that they do, very use. the thing that they do is they look at things like um, hours watched per month. Yeah. Which right, okay, so a, that's close which enough. A, which is a stat to... that we have access to. But it means more to them, I feel, than yeah. it yeah. kind of does to to us. Well, it's um, because the more hours you spend, the more likely you are to spend yeah. um, and and feel valuable and whatever else. But like, so what they're gonna what they basically said is affiliates are a great way for us to track how good someone will be as a partner with these additional bits and pieces right. and sort of. Uh, uh, ambassador of Twitch as a, as a website, which is basically what partners are hmm. uh, to a degree. Like that's that's kind of what they are. They're one of the faces of Twitch, right? But I think yeah. it's always important to remember that your sub number isn't all that. The same as your concurrent number isn't all that. Your hours watch stat isn't all that. It's a they look at you as an entire package. And having a mm-hmm. hundred subs might, you know, that that looks great. But you also have to be able to sell yourself you also have to have yeah. put the hours in you also have to have content that they are comfortable with sharing in various places i know the one thing i did hear a few people partners saying that i think is potentially has some validity is that the affiliate number that you need being as low as it is um is what they seem to be objecting to yeah like that's why i've seen a few people suggesting um so, and I, I don't know whether it really does but like uh, and the like, answer to that is basically why shouldn't someone be able to monetize on this platform so that's true this is where that i can kind true. of play devil's advocate a little bit 
because uh, the way that it was described to me, you know, I don't have the actual numbers to hand because I'm a dingus and I totally forgot to grab them at six o'clock this morning. I might be able to fill you in on some. So. But from what I understand, you have to have at least three people watching your stream at any time. You have to have at least 50 Average. followers. And you have to have streamed at least is it three times in the last week. Three times per week. And it's something like 15 per No. 12 in a month, I think okay. it is. So, I... I'm going to play devil's advocate here for, for a second. I could set up my stream, and I could set up the PC downstairs, and say, Steve, sit there and talk to me. And I could get my cat on the laptop, and I could put mm -hmm. that up. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is... Uh, I've just seen a good point. The 50 followers is the one thing that would definitely take a while to achieve. Yeah, okay. Right. But I don't feel like if you're, if you've got 50 followers and you're retaining three people at a time, mm -hmm. that, that doesn't, that doesn't that equate to, and, and again, this is, this is purely me, me being mean for a second, yeah, um, before but, we get to my but, actual opinion, um, three viewers isn't a lot to sell subscriptions to. And I think that's what a lot of partners kind of looked at and were critical of, was you're but, giving these people that sale bit, but how well I, are they going to be able to make those sales I if there think, are only three I think it doesn't there? matter. I think that's the truth of the matter, is I mean, that it doesn't matter. I agree matter. with you that it doesn't matter. Right. Everybody should be able to make money off their content. If they yeah, want to I, I, them, I think that's the thing. To... Like, exactly. And I think at the end of the day, that's that's the difference. I don't think it actually matters. I think difference was before is that the infrastructure costs twitch a lot but they are big enough now that they have all of that in place and well, who knows maybe maybe twitch will grow to the point where affiliate numbers will actually have to go up because they just can't offer that they don't have the resources to offer that but what it does do is it means that twitch has a massive new revenue stream yeah. that will help the whole website grow. And, you know, one of the things I've got quite a lot from staff members that I've discussed uh, any of this with is that a lot of people do not appreciate how complex it is and expensive, more importantly, it is to actually run a media delivery platform like Twitch. Like with YouTube, it's a hell of a lot easier because it is not live. And I know they do have the live section, but that very like like the, the the problem is if you have a slight blip while you, on your internet while you're watching a youtube video mm -hmm. it doesn't matter because you've already buffered 20 30 seconds in advance whereas if you have that blip and it lasts five seconds on twitch it would totally ruin that stream loading because the buffer size is so small so like the one thing to note as well is the Twitch broadcasting video platform doodly do is completely custom made. It's completely yeah. displayed. It's not off the shelf. It's not something that they can just phone up uh, big company A and say, well, your system isn't working. You need to come and fix it for us because they make it entirely by hand. It's them. So that adds another layer of complexity and another layer of kind of uh pressure i guess that they you know they have to retain the talent that knows what they're doing with the system and they need to pay them to stay in the company whatever else and make sure that everyone knows how to fix it and whatever else 
Uh, there's another brain in that direction. The other thing that partners uh, I saw uh, were disagreeing with um, was, and this is a really difficult one for me to say because this is pure bollocks, um, it takes away the value from a partner's sub button. And if everybody right, the value has, of a sub button is what you put in it. If everybody but... has a sub button, it devalues <laughs> the work that you've gone to get there. And I want to I want to say something really quick cuz I burnt myself out getting partnership and I shouldn't have done that. That was bad and wrong. Um if you are a Twitch partner and if you have made it to partnership, you have done a lot of hard work, okay? Yep. And that is reflected in your sub numbers. Because your subs are your community members who can support, okay? Yep. So it, it's, it's you know, reflected in, in not only your stream numbers, but, but your sub numbers. Um, your hard work isn't represented by the sub button. It's, no. it's represented no. by your numbers behind the screen. Okay? And also, I just, I, like... Uh... Let's be real about this for a minute. There's plenty of affiliates who work harder than plenty of subs out there, or plenty of even non-affiliates who work harder than plenty of partners. Sorry, yeah, out there to work that hard. Yeah, exactly. I'm. A, I mean, I, like, there's plenty of people who work that harder than me, mm. <laughs> and it who are partnered who aren't affiliated. Like, it's it's kind of like that whole idea is kind of bullshit. I think, right yeah. from its very yeah. root. That like just and let's be a hundred percent really honest about this. People are just more entertaining to others than other people. Yep. It's why you have someone come on Twitch and all of a sudden blow up and get partnered in two weeks. Yep. Um, you want to be brutally honest. Not everyone is enter as entertaining as everyone else. Yep. It's not only hard work that needs you getting partnered but or same... success on Twitch. You in... know, like. In the same it, breath, though, both, really. right? In the same breath, if you as a partner are worried about your community taking subs away from you and giving them to an affiliate, you're not working hard enough. You are not no. being entertaining enough. You are not doing all these these you know these things. That affiliate is doing it better. If you are worried and genuinely feel threatened by it by affiliates you're not working hard enough on your content yeah i mean i think if anyone but if anyone as a partner is feeling threatened by affiliate subs then like that says a hell of a lot more about them yep. than it does about affiliate subs i, I was, honest, I was like... really disgusted right i put up a tweet that was like affiliates if you are getting your sub buttons this week <laughs> fucking rock that like congratulations you guys are amazing if you're not an affiliate yet and you want to be, that's cool. Fucking work your asses off and get it. Like, I believe in you. And people were responding with like this. This is the positive attitude I want to see, not anything else. And I'm like, what else have you been seeing? So I went to look for it. And the amount of people who were saying, I don't feel special anymore. Affiliates are going to be, or everybody's going to sub to these affiliates because... XYZ. And I'm like, right, if you guys want to sub to an affiliate other than me, I'm not working hard enough. I'm not doing my job properly. So I need to work harder. And that's that's literally it. I yeah. I have to be confident in my content that 
everybody is going to want to continue to support me. If they don't, that's fair enough, man. Yeah. Like, that's particularly... that, that That's fine. That's yeah, absolutely exactly. fine. Like, like, people like unsub for all sorts of reasons, oh, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Like... like like, we started doing poll this week, and I had a message being like, I don't approve of your content anymore because now you're a stripper. And I'm like, do you know what? If that's the way you feel, that's perfectly fucking valid. Go put your sub towards somebody who you think deserves it. Yeah, And, and that's like, the I truth. Mean, like The one thing I will say, because I've seen a lot of streamers do it, I've, like, kind of had my worries about it before. And I... I Given everything I said about numbers, the one number I do always see is the sub number because I like, as much as I don't usually want this to be the situation, I'm somewhat reliant on money from Twitch at the minute because of other things. I but feel you. If there's one thing I can say to all, all the affiliates out there, don't read into your sub number. Like, like, just don't like look at it and think it says really anything about your content because it's not a measure of really anything other than (laughs) like the amount of people that are supporting you it's like it's very easy to like let that be everything like all consuming yeah like the sum number affiliates do me a favor like affiliates do me a favor when you see a sub number look away and look at the names in chat instead don't look yeah. at what badges they have. Don't look at their sub anniversaries. Like, that's great, and it's really good that they support, and I never want to take away from anybody that supports. And but do affiliate- celebrate. Oh, God, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, funnily yeah. enough, I, for some reason, I don't know why, I saw something on Twitter I didn't like, but I literally tweeted earlier today. <laughs> like, three hours ago, Twitch isn't about numbers, it's about names. Yeah. Someone's wise once told me that. Get to get to know the people in your <laughs> chat. Look at those names and be like, you guys are there for me. You know, you you lurk list. A lot of people, a lot of streamers will look at like at the beginning cast, at the end of cast, like who was lurking during their cast or whatever. That's cool. Learn who your community are. They're the people who like they're the people to love. And it doesn't matter if there are one of them or two of them or fifty of them or five hundred of them. They're all important. Those are the people that you want to worry about, not the stupid numbers on the side of your panel. And like, I know, I know you guys hear this a lot. I know you guys hear this a lot where you're like, don't look at your, don't look at your follow account. Don't look at how many people are watching you today. Like, don't look at yourself. Like, genuinely, look at chat. Look at those people who want to be friends with you, who want to interact with you. Look yeah. at the people who, and we've all got them. Look at the people who favorite your tweets, who retweet, like, who retweet yourself, who tweet you dumb shit when they see it because it reminded them of your content. Those are the people to care about, not your fucking numbers. Don't, don't uh, get caught enough. up in that. I threw up a stream at like oh, half five this morning, maybe six o'clock this morning because I'd woken up stupidly early and people turned up and chatted bullshit about the game that I was playing. People turn up at like a time when I never stream and said hi and talked about shit. Yeah. And like, see the fucking follower number in this channel. Like, it's bigger than a lot of people's, but it's certainly not that big for a fucking partner. And considering how rarely that I actually throw up a stream on here, not that often, people that are still dedicated enough to actually turn up and fucking chat shit with me at yep. six o'clock in the piss in the morning. Uh, and I, 
I think this is the thing, going back to the actual uh, topic I had a little bit, but like the people who are really worried about this and I accept that like it's not my only source of income and I, I can understand someone who this is their only source of income and they're thinking, what the shit am I going to do? I'm going to have less money. But it's like, unfortunately, I think it's just like the nature of life right now. Like everything is so divisive. Absolutely everything. You can't have like a reasoned debate about a topic really on any like form of social media anymore um, because every side is so polarized. So like rather than looking at their own content, it's much easier to look over just the be like, yeah. And just be like, it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, so, unfortunately, a lot of people just like don't want to take responsibility for yeah. their own actions so, anymore. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go into like my piece about it, and I preface this by, holy shit, it's amazing that everyone gets to monetize their streams, and I mm -hmm. think that's amazing. But my sole gripe with this is it's overnight. It's sixty thousand additional people having a sub button overnight and i think that people who are in the mid ground that are just starting to make it as a as a partner and are doing it as a full-time gig and yes you should always have a backup plan and whatever else but you know this this effectively got sprung upon them i think those people will struggle through sheer virtue of numbers and the like i think you're right I don't think you're wrong. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like I, and, I don't think you're wrong. And the likelihood of that being their friend that they know that they go on Twitch with, so of course they're going to sub to that person because it's their friend, and they're going to nag them if they don't. And you know they're just people that they spend time with, and that's and it's the novelty of it being a brand new thing as well. Um, and then you know there, there's a there, there's a, a a concern with that, and my my sole thing with it is stagger it. Yeah. If they'd staggered the release of the sub yeah. buttons affiliates, that problem goes away. It scales with the size of the platform because the platform will grow as more people get access. I do. I, I have to say, I do agree. And like, I, you know, I personally, despite everything I've said, do feel like I'm probably going to end up with less subs, possibly because of that yep. at some point. But it's one of those things. It's not like, this is, I think this is the, the thing. I think some people are thinking it's their right to have those. <laughs> like, it's like there's their subs. Like, yeah. Yeah. I like, if it... you if you feel a level of entitlement to the subs that you get, to the community that you enjoy, to your ability to make money, and you feel a strong entitlement to the point where you're like, fuck these other people for being able to take away my, <laughs> my subs and whatever else, you are a cunt. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, it's it's exactly the same with the don't turn your partner check mark on and come in my stream because you're there to steal my view. Uh, your yeah. viewers, your community, like, don't again. Yeah. These are human beings. It's the same with um, mod team should be there for every single stream for every single. No, they've got That's lives. They need to do them. Like, oh, I will be honest about that, though. I'm not a huge fan of the verified tick, but it's for kind of a different reason to that. Um, and it's why I don't use it. Um, but that's personal preference. You have the yeah. preference. 
you don't have that put upon you no to take and i would as- never ever ever like discourage anyone from coming in my chat and using that badge someone wants to use it in my chat i'm like that's I'm awesome i'm gonna come steal your viewers ed that's that's just what yep. i'm gonna do i'm gonna come in with oh. my t- well, that's the only reason why I've got mine. No, I, it's... cool. I'm like, still surprised for this fucking day anyone actually wants to come and see my channel anyway. So, like, right? I kind of just like think everyone who's coming in they'll just be like, oh, someone else is streaming now. Let's just go here anyway. So, like, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> like that, right? Yeah, that exists. But like, yeah, that's the thing. So. That concerns me. So the the fact that it's just straight away sixty thousand extra people that you can potentially sub to, and there are going to be linkages that are going to cause some loyalties, and and ultimately everyone has like a max spend on Twitch. I have a yeah. max. Well, so let's let's be pr- like obviously it's going up periodically, but there is a max number of subs on Twitch, right across the whole platform to, to, to as a whole. A like like the people who have. The, the people on it have a max number of subs each and like yeah there is an amount to go around basically and that will be increasing over time presumably but the platform and yeah. people get more money or whatever yeah but it's it's a case of you know it's it you know that that further across so I understand that concern, and I think that there will be some wobbly ground for some of the mid-tier casters, and it would be resolved by staggering the release of those sub buttons. But that's not any reason to rail against the fact that they've happened at all. Yeah, no, they're, they're inherently they're good fantastic things. Thing. Mm. Being able to monetize is a fantastic thing. Get, giving them bits is a fantastic thing. Giving affiliates bits is fantastic. The reason being, bits are a entirely new revenue stream they have not had an ill effect on traditional donations they are an entirely new revenue stream so people get bits are getting money they would not have gotten before they are getting support in the form of bits and whatever else that they would never have had before and that's i totally agree they're they're separate they're totally separate things we normalize it and again, the you're now going to see them everywhere. The more that we normalize it, the more use people will see for them. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I will say about this whole thing, and I want to see Fs in the chat for the people who approve emotes, please. So uh, the, they find out it's a separate team, apparently. It's right. They still got like sixty thousand times three emotes. Oh yeah, still. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. They're getting through I mean, them. Really let's be they're honest. Even like even. Even the partner ones have been an issue no, recently. The partner ones are being automated, though. Yeah, I know. I, I'm feeling like just changing them constantly. I, feel, I, I, like, I, I might I just change have, mine now. I can have hair <laughs> color ones now. I can have all my recolors and just stick mm? my recolors up when oh. I remember to do my hair. Because, like, yeah. at the moment, my hair's blue, but it's silver and yellow as well. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's... Let's uh let's start to wind this down, I think, because as as good as the discussion <laughs> is, yeah. Um affiliates, I think we can universally agree. The affiliate program is wonderful. Congratulations. The best. Yeah, congratulations to you guys um who have your sub buttons. If you guys are working towards your sub buttons, I'll say it again. You guys got this, I believe. Put in the work. Actually, even more so, like this is only for the live portion of this. If you are an affiliate in the chat put your link in the chat 
I, I personally will follow every single one of you, yep. and I dare say yeah, I will as well. Yep, that, that lead. Um, put your link in chat. You won't get timed out. I don't have link protection on in here. Put your link in the chat. Any all uh, affiliates that you know as well, stick their link in the chat. I'm going to follow every single one of them. Yep. Yep. I don't uh, promise any subs though, because I'm poor as shit. Right. I haven't got any money left. Mm. I I sub to I sub to the most important affiliate in my life, um, and that's as much as I can afford right now. But I had to sub to Chris. I've been like cutting back my subs recently because. <laughs> Oh, I feel you. I'm poor. <laughs> but yeah, can you guys all go follow this person as well while we're doing while we're doing things? Because she's amazing, and I know she wishes she could be here. No, 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 Ah. Thing is, if you click on that link, it opens a new window. So I'm actually just clicking on click their on names. names. Yeah. Like them. <laughs> but but yeah, um, you guys. I think I think are, are all entirely worth checking out as much the same yep. as anybody else. Yep. Um, yep, yeah. entirely. Please keep working hard. Like, mm. please keep updating us with like how you get on, because genuinely, streaming is a joy. Like, as much as as uh, I'm one of these terrible people who bitches and I moan because I got to get out of bed to stream. Blah blah. Streaming keeps me going. Streaming is the mm -hmm. thing that keeps me alive. That gives me so much fucking joy in my life, right? Enjoy it. Work hard. Because it's, it's fucking great. Like, it's actually fucking yeah. great. Um, so yeah, we all agree that affiliates are, are good. I think I've followed everybody that, that posted links. Thank you to you guys who have. Um, there is... <laughs> there is that one last thing to do. One last thing to do before we wrap up today, and that is why was today's episode a 6 out of 10? Every week, we uh, we name the episode um, after something that has happened um, during during today's stream. Um, so it, why why was this podcast 6 out of 10? And as per... Um, uh, oh god, I just... Un oh, I just unfollowed Chris. Shit. You unfollow people. Oh, well, my... my <laughs> I was just... <laughs> The six out of ten, Kishim, I hardly know him. Oh god. <laughs> so we do miss Kish twenty two. Oh yeah, bless him. He's been very quiet. Oh. He's got a better thing. I wanna <laughs> I I wanna put forward uh six out of ten Tassimo brain training. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good one. Cause I think yeah. I think that's I think that should be that should be this week's yeah, title is six out of ten. Uh, Tassimo brain training because apparently I'm not awake in any way, shape, or form. I was gonna keep it going for a while. That was that was glory. I love I'm, it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. Like I'm just I'm just not awake. Just, can, can we reach agreement on Tassimo <laughs> Yeah, are we are we happy yeah, with six I mean, out of ten? I think Tassimo is Perfect. All right, so let's let's round out. Um, Dreadhead Ed, where can people find you? Uh, and what are you doing this week that people can come and watch you do? Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Dreadhead Ed, and we'll probably be playing. A bit less seven days to die over the next few days, actually. I'm probably going to play some uh, 
Darkest Dungeon because I haven't played it since the very beginning and I just bought the DLC because so yeah so I think we're going to be doing that and then when the actual stable drops presumably in the next two three days we'll pretty good switch between them at times and do yeah, them both ahead. at the same time the new vein and just uh, shoot up all over again yeah yeah exactly yeah days days times uh all days except tuesday uh and times when i finish work <laughs> it's probably <laughs> follow the twitter. twitter yeah follow yeah the twitter. follow we've got, the twitter we've got um, we've got your twitter if you really handle. want to know that's yeah. usually the best way to find out when I stream. I'm one of those plebs who doesn't really have a proper schedule. This I'm sorry, because I'm the worst. Barely working partner, like just snubbing all these. <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's literally because I want to stream the maximum amount of time that I can so that I uh, I actually I, I basically stream when I get in from work. <laughs> and because oh. that changes every day. It's I'd start every at different times every day. Yeah. Aww. I get you. Yep. I get you. Yeah. Pip. Yes. What are Hi. Okay, so I'm Tiny Pixels. Uh, my name is Pip. Um variety streamer and also a fitness fanatic. Um Monday mornings, ten AM BST and Wednesday mornings, ten AM BST, uh we do pole fitness, which is neat. It's like yoga, but on the wrong axes, and sometimes I fall on my face. Uh, which is great. It's actually really neat. It's actually really neat. You guys, uh, you guys are gonna get to oh, from this week, you guys are gonna start being able to vote for stuff for me to try and do, um, which is terrifying. Uh, but that's great. We also do lots of gameplay. Uh, this week we're gonna be doing some more Dark Ascension. Um, we're gonna be doing some. Maybe we're gonna do some Subnautica. Um, there was another game that I wanted to try. And I can't think what it was, so maybe we'll do some of that as well. Uh, we've got Wait, a couple of Dr. Decker. Oh yes, we're, we're gonna play some. It. We're gonna play some Dr. Decker because uh, I know you enjoy it. Yeah, because it should be really good. Um, but... <laughs> Can we do some Tassimo brain training? I'm no, <laughs> no. We should. We should certainly. Uh, oh, no, we should I... totally. Yeah, that'd be a great stream game. Jesus God. But yeah, uh, Paul Fit Wednesdays and Monday mornings. Um, otherwise, from about 11, 12 BST, we do gameplay and it's just kind of neat. I also have two pre-release packs to open this week. So we're going to look at Hour of Devastation that's not out yet. Uh, and then uh, we're going to do lots of content off of Twitch where I teach Steve how to play and we're going to watch me beat him into oblivion. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's this week and it's going to be great. Yay! Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> oh god that is like what you know the worms when they jump and then sometimes they land a little bit too far and they go Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> that noise that so, was amazing yeah i did um, Just before they fall off i did yeah. uh i did an rp over on potato's channel uh last night until like 6 a.m i've had like fucking three hours sleep you'll have to excuse excuse me today i am the worst <laughs> also yes we are going to make a highlight reel of all the poll for every time i fall like and somebody clips it we're going to put that together for youtube that's going to be amazing yeah. sam what are you doing this week i uh, who knows uh who knows? <laughs> self as well as surprising you all how about that for an offer and uh, this is to play through uh planet coasters had another update so oh, uh, 
that. It's like their summer update, which they've added like a bunch of stuff into. I think there's like another two sets of campaign things or something. Like there's quite a bit that they've added into it again for free because they're cool. Um, yeah. Playing around with that, I've got more Final Fantasy 14 to play through. I've got to finish. Uh, the, the I always forget the full name of it, Infectious Madness of Dr. Decker. I need to finish, and I might do another playthrough of that, quite possibly. Um, Why is it with all these people who don't know what quiche is? I know. Like, you heathen. Is that an egg and bacon pie? <laughs> You're heathen. <laughs> the 22 on it as well like i, I put hard graft in paint to put that to it. Oh, anyway, anyway um <laughs> other than that um yeah. I've, i don't know i've probably just got some stuff going on i think I, my course the level up dojo might be coming out this week yeah. possibly or if not this week next week uh so that'll be cool teach you how to get good as an affiliate on twitch uh so that's pretty neat uh, other than that, I'll just be live at some point. You can follow Twitter and there'll be memes. Uh, so follow Sensudo mm. uh, on Twitter and that will have all of the stream updates and the new stuff that we do from the website and all that stuff. And other than that, I'll probably be back here same time next week doing some more of this guff with some new shiny guests. I think next week we've got Jessie Quill <gasps> joining Ooh. us. I remember rightly. Ooh. Be pretty cool. Yep, she's wonderful people. All right, so... Thank you for joining us for today's 6 out of 10 Tesmo Brain Training. Uh, it's been really great to see you. Make sure you follow the wonderful Dreadhead Ed because uh, he's lovely people. Uh, <laughs> make sure you follow this channel. Don't worry about me. I'm a I'm a dickhead. Uh, I love you guys. I love you guys so much. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.